Unmitigated. Welcome to just another Unleashed Atlanta United podcast. Which is also an Orlando bashing yeah. podcast. For the people, by well. Yeah, I mean, we're two other people. <laughs> two other people. <laughs> but we have people. a third person joining us. We do. Mr. Nicolifi, host of the Soccer Over There podcast on yes. the Soccer Down Here Network. Yes. That's right. Yeah, it's a Welcome. mouthful. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you guys having me out. Uh, you hit me up in the DMs, said you were stopping by, and I basically told him, like, <laughs> you're required to You were required participate. to hang out pretty much the entire time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I've listened, I'm a regular listener to the show. You guys do a phenomenal job. So if anything I can do to leech onto your success and hopefully bleed a little bit to me, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with Just that. Just slide you know that money under the table. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm, I'm Venmoing him right now. <laughs> How many zeros am I putting in this? Uh, look, I'm, I'm cheap. You just add two zeros in there. We'll be good to go. Okay. Right, so are you hype, man? This is uh, the, we have our own hashtag. I noticed, uh, which I didn't. I never we noticed do. before. It's the uh, OFYO. Oh hashtag. yes, I just saw that today. <laughs> yeah, also, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which you know, I mean, I guess for the kids is O. Fuck you, Orlando. Okay. There you go, kids. Yeah. There we go. I'm going to let you say that one. I'm, I'm going to leave that one out there for you. But I think it's uh, it's, it's well deserved for them. Yeah. They yeah. have it coming. I, yeah. I, I thought that was pretty dope. I was At first, I was like, what is this? I don't get it. And then I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, right, yeah. Got it. Yeah. So, Nick, uh, you recently uh, started hosting the Soccer Over There podcast. Why don't mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about it? So, what we noticed, uh, you know, with the Soccer Down Here Network is that when it came to any subject matter that included Europe, any other major league, especially around Mickey transfers, that there wasn't a tremendous depth of knowledge there. And, and it's not that, I mean, when you have people who are focusing on you know, the third division and so forth, you just don't have time. It's just one of those things because Europe is its own evil monster, and especially Syria. And so when there was conversation going around that Mickey was looking at possibly Fiorentina, Inter, uh, AC Milan, I started chiming in, and I got this DM from Jason saying, hey, look, uh, if you want it, it's yours. And I just thought he was like, for copyright purposes, if you want to run with it, have fun. But then he's like, okay, when do you want to start? And I was like, oh, wait, this is actually real. This is happening. And so we started off on Fridays. The kingmaker. The kingmaker. He is. <laughs> Between the him godfather. and Rob Usher. He's, yeah. he's the godfather. <laughs> he is the godfather. you got to kiss the ring and, uh, and, and move forward. So, uh, Jason, your check is in the mail as well. But... <laughs> But, but yeah, so it, it, it started off on Friday. We're moving it to Tuesdays now because they are mind-bendingly successful, and now they're doing uh, high school ball for GPV and whatnot, so they're all over the place. Yeah. yeah. So uh, how many weeks have been doing this now? How many episodes? Been, what, like two months, I want to yeah, say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been two months, and it's and thank God Syria has been providing us with just a mind-bending oh, Because Syria is sort of your – I mean, you have a passion for Syria. Oh, yeah. So even though you yeah. talk about – European, different European leagues. Yes. Uh, the the news that Syria got picked up, mm-hmm. right, and is going to be aired. Oh yeah, right, as part of the package for ESPN, for ESPN Plus. ESPN yeah. Plus. Yeah. That must have been a big deal. Oh my god, it was it was tremendous because I split my time as a kid between Atlanta and New Jersey, and in New Jersey and New York, you can get anything you want, any league in the world, you can watch it. It's no big deal. But growing up, I I never felt an attachment to the Premier League. I never, it just never resonated with me. I mean, it, it's fast, it's fun, but it just never stuck with it's me. Very British. It's very British. <laughs> and, but Syria stuck Good with job, me. Jay. You know, the, the names match up with mine. And when you're a kid in Paulding County, Georgia, with the last name Alifi, you you kind of gravitate to things like that. And and so Syria stuck with me, and I, it's been that way ever since. And it, it's uh, it's a soap opera. You have oh to understand God, yeah. that walking in. It's a complete soap opera. The owners are absolutely insane. 
it's going to be interesting to see how the American ownership that's starting to bleed into Serie A is going to mesh with the absolute psychos like Aurelio De Laurentiis, who's the uh, who's the president of Napoli. Mm-hmm. And so, so far, Jim Pilata of Boston background, who is the president of Rome, is is absolutely meeting him toe for toe in the insanity factor. So, so far, so good. Very I feel like cool. this would be an amazing reality TV show. It will be like yeah, a Gamora yeah. for Syria. That's right, exactly. <laughs> if, if they could, if they had the people who did all or nothing for the for Manchester City, right. just follow the owners around for Syria. I promise you, it's going to be peak ratings. Absolutely, because <laughs> it, they're they're nuts. It's quality so, content. So people can find you if they subscribe already to Soccer Down Here. Yeah. Uh, then it'll just pop up. It, it just pops in up that in the feed. feed. Yeah. And uh, and that's great. I've listened to a number of those episodes. I really enjoy it because the the way you talk about it is in a very um, casual way, uh, in a way that um, I think people that don't know anything about anything when it comes to any of the European leagues uh, can feel uh, like they understand what you're talking about. So. Right. Well, I appreciate that, and that that means a lot. And the check is likewise going to you guys. <laughs> but but you know, I thought that BN, while they had the rights, they to be honest, I feel like I can be honest here. They did a horrible job with it. I, the comment I made is that I think that you're more likely to see a, a snow leopard in Alpharetta than you were to see Syria games on BN even though they had the rights and so America only saw a few key games nothing very exciting and they got none of the context that of the background for Syria they, like the there's no storyline no yeah. Story yeah. Line. no yeah like, it's like, just here's a match yeah yeah, yeah reporting exactly the, and the so highlights yeah so you know people don't understand this, how far back these rivalries go and why and even to the, like World War two and the aftermath of World War two and how that shaped Syria and who cheered for who and how and why Lazio is more of the fascist vein than Roma and you know why is Juventus hated but yet equally loved and why are they not as loved as Torino is so there are more fans for Torino in Turin than there are Juventus fans and Why they, is that? Which is, uh, it's funny because they do such a good job of telling those storylines around El Clasico and right. La Liga. Right. But obviously that's their forte and the people yeah. and the staff they have have sort of molded around that. Yeah. So right. we'll see what ESPN does if it ends up just becoming uh, the you know a place just to go catch matches or mm-hmm. if they'll develop any sort of other media content around Syria. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what it's produced from that. So yeah. So far so good. Yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo, I mean, you can't get around the fact that he's like a... That port- may end up being a big bonus because that right. may end up forcing the hand of producers to go Correct. okay now I'm int- we're interested in yes. this yeah. you know uh, br- bring br- at least it's some very, more attention to it was to, a very smart move on there on that uh, oh, on Juventus' yeah. part absolutely and and you know I understand the anger especially in Atlanta for not having Ronaldo come here I get it but if you they interviewed Massimiliano Allegri who's the manager for Juventus and he said that Ronaldo has to be comfortable coming off the bench and automatically my eyeball shot open because I'm like He's like a one-man nuclear weapon that right. you have on the field. Like, why would you do that? And then it clicks. They don't care about the Scudetto anymore. They won seven straight Italian championships. This is only for the Champions League. That's it. So he's going to come on probably in the final 30. Can you imagine a completely fresh Ronaldo coming onto the field with 30 minutes left in a game, yeah. running at a tired it's defense? It's going to demolish the team. Oh, my God. It's going to be it's gonna be wide open. One-man so. bulldozer. Exactly. Yeah. I look forward to seeing uh, how Cristiano Ronaldo just putting the – in, in more of a tactical, defensively, yes. gridlock 
uh, just as Joseph talked about in a recent article in The Athletic, you know, and, and, and with Goal.com, talking about how it's just so much more tactical. It's these oh, yeah. nil-nil yeah. draws, one-nil. Right. And now Cristiano being introduced. But Juventus was always more of a dynamic team comparatively to some of the other ones. Maybe Napoli, too, but... Well, Napoli more so lately, and that's yeah. because of Maurizio Sarri. But Juventus was a team that would always bunker and counter. And their counter was very dynamic. They could, they would just steamroll you right down the field, and there was really nothing you could do to stop that. And right. you saw a little bit of that in the MLS All-Star game. You did, game. you did. But w- this is what drives me nuts, especially to bring it back to Atlanta United and, and Joseph Martinez. The fans who are like, oh, Joseph's lazy. Look at how he's offside. Oh, he's not doing so much running. And You have to understand that when he came from Syria, he learned from the very best in, in defending on how to manipulate a back line. Yes. And so when you see him... And you have very few chances. Exactly. I mean, the chances right. were minimal yes. on a counter when you were going to get a ball. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah. you have to be, be able to, to, to really put those defenders mm-hmm. on their back heel. I mean, really, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so if yeah. You're, you're talking about putting Benucci, uh, you know, Italian national team player, no, let's call it is what it is, what it is. The Italian national team didn't do anything this year, but he is a phenomenal defender, and Joseph would lull these guys to sleep. For somebody who has that kind of talent to lull a back line to sleep by pulling his socks up, messing with his shoelaces, right. staring off into space, and yet all of a sudden he turns and he's gone before you know it, and there's nothing you can do because no. his speed is second to none. Yeah, It's funny, Syria probably helps shape who he is, who he is a today. lot today, yeah. and you try to see some teams take a more bunker approach yeah. or you'll you saw SKC decided okay we're going to put that fifth man in the back because we're going to go instead of trying to um, you know uh, sort of uh, clog the midfield we're going to yeah. just say you know what Joseph is their main outlet so we're just going to we're just going to put that extra man on Joseph mm-hmm. right and it's, it still doesn't work it was still we got to draw that game to see the way I mean it still didn't work I mean he's no. he's still able to find ways to get and weave in and out of these defenses and get on their back shoulder and, like you said, lull them to sleep. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. His manager, Torino, who really didn't know how to use him, was uh, was Mihalovic, since Mihalovic, a former uh, interstar. He was he's super gritty, tough, you know, defensive-minded guy. He didn't know how to use Martinez, but that still doesn't mean that Martinez didn't learn anything right. by working with him. Right. There's nothing you can throw at Joseph Martinez that he hasn't seen before. And, and done in a better way. Three-man back line, four-man back line, five-man back line. He's seen it all. Yeah. Because w- when you're talking about Serie A, and this is why I think it's – I'm sorry, guys. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a little more exciting in some ways for the lower teams. Right. So, like, Sassuolo, they're not going to be a top three or four team, but they're better probably than some of the lower teams in the Premier League, especially right. Ligue 1, where it's a, a one-team league, or even La Liga. So – you know, I think to me that's where the difference comes in for Syria is there's more quality in the mid table teams and the lower table teams than some of the other leagues. Well, this will be great for your show because it means people will have Syria matches accessible to them, which yeah, means absolutely. that you could talk about it and know that people can can get, get access to those games and, exactly. and see to them. See exactly what you're uh, to, or yeah. if they didn't miss or they missed it and you talk about it, they can go catch it on the replay because it's ESPN Plus. Exactly, and that's yeah. why I love ESPN Plus. So we're gonna uh, we get to a couple questions with our guests. We'll get to that later in the show yeah, since sure. you're with us for the whole show. Yeah, but yeah. we got some fun stuff to talk about. Uh, we're about 30 minutes until kickoff. Uh, if they actually do kick off at eight instead of eight oh seven or eight seventeen, yeah, they have a tendency or... to be like, we're gonna kick off at eight, and then like it's eight fifteen, you're like, oh, yeah, I, I never you. know. It depends on the on the TV broadcaster and all that stuff. True, but, true, true. Uh, 
Uh, Harrison Crow of uh, Analysis Evolved, um, the, I think it started when Matt Doyle put out uh, a question or a poll about is Assad a top five winger, and then right. I started to really bang my head for a week and start tweeting out and massaging <laughs> my my top five list, and then I my, and then I was like, well, now Assad's move. Like I put Assad in my top five basically, and then as I delved into it, he started going lower and lower and lower, and then finally Harrison Crow was like, you know what, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do Solid J. I'm gonna make a top winger rankings, and he came out with this list and. We're gonna we're gonna talk about a, a few of these. Uh, what's really interesting is that if you we start there's like a what I forget like how many 50, in the I'm list. Gonna, hold on right now, I'm going up to it. Feels like there's a hundred in there, but it does. It's it's basically uh, fifty four. Uh, yeah, fifty four. The definition mm-hmm. is very loose around winger. You'll see some people that well, they're more like a wing back or they're right. the you know or or like Vela. You know, he plays more centrally a lot, right. but he's considered a winger because that's his standard position. So he's loose around that and was more inclusive than exclusive, and. If we start at number 27, right. Justin Miram is at number 27. And, right, which and is kind of crazy. Nick brought up, he said, really? Yeah. Really? Why did you say that? Why did well, you say that? Well, t- uh, to me, it just seemed that last year he was a better player than obviously he was this year. And, and what does it say about Orlando that they took a player like Justin Miram and completely marginalized him? Right. And, and made it look like he had no business even probably playing at this level for Orlando. What does that say about the coaching? What does that say about their yeah. player usage? I would say he was like third, fourth, fifth best winger last oh, year. Oh, absolutely. Uh, playing for Columbus. You know, had his best best year last year yeah, with them. He did. And uh, now he's dropped all the way to 27th. Yeah. And, it just and means that they can't when, – when you when you spend the money that you that they spent to get him mm-hmm. to, to obviously place him into what you would assume is a puzzle piece for your team and it completely backs, backfires on you, that means that yep. you didn't do your research. And he's a difference yes. maker. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna kick into gear, and I'll tell you why. He came on off the bench against us yeah, and immediately did. had an impact. Oh, yeah. Uh, there were, he sliced this open a couple times with some passes, and then he should have put one away mm-hmm. right in front of the box. Where he, he kind of fumbled it, but that should have been in the back of the net, where oh, yeah. it would have ended up being uh, that, them taking the lead two one at that point. Yeah, well, it, it, and, and so I was like, okay, he's obviously he's like he as he said, it's like he didn't never left Columbus. It's Miram getting his groove back right yeah. now. That's what it is. Yeah. It, it, well, look, th- this has to go back to like you said, Kelly, due diligence, right? Due diligence. Who in Orlando did the due diligence on this move? and how he would fit into the locker room, how he would fit in with the overall team culture, because there's nothing about that move that fit. Nope. On paper, it's called throw money at the problem and just, oh, this guy played well, this guy played well, you know. uh, Well, I guess that's part of, you know, when you lose Paul McDonough to Atlanta United. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think they ever filled that vacuum. No, they did not. Yeah. They did. There's there's obviously a leadership vacuum from the top all the way down. Well, their owner's in Brazil. He's not even around. (laughs) He's not even around. Yeah. He's he's an absentee owner uh, until there's a coach firing, which he comes in and And fires a coach every year and a half or whatever. Yeah. Uh, right after that, number twenty-six, Julian Gressel. Right. Which so I, which just I on the borderline of the tw- top twenty-five. Right. Uh, as we were we were discussing this and in, in the placements of people like Julian Gressel's, like, oh, he could be a right back or he could be a winger. I mean, like, like we've said, these these people play multiple positions, but they are more essentially referred to as wingers. Well, think about that. He's a utility player, right. and he's still in the top twenty-six. Right. Which is crazy because we put him in our midfield also. <laughs> Again, we talk about due diligence. Clearly, right. Atlanta United found a player who can fit multiple roles and yet still be, when, when you put him in any role, he contributes. Right. Right. And that, to me, 
is the peak of Atlanta United and their ability to do diligence on players. And he's played more minutes than Yamil Assad. He's played 2,200 minutes, and Yamil Assad, who is ranked right above him as 25, has only played 1,800 minutes. So, I mean, the guy has been a workhorse for us. And, Absolutely. And, and, but there you go. People were talking about, is Yamil Assad a top five winner? Well, according to the statistics and the different data points that are used in this scenario, and obviously you could rank... You could create five different rank lists and do them five different ways, and people will be all over different spots. But in this particular one, uh, he's put it uh, about 25th and, and basically says that he's jumbled between a bunch of guys, which he has higher quality of talent than. However, right. they, are they are consistently average or above average. So um, this, I think, if you watch now with Wayne Rooney, yeah, I think we're going to see... His number climb. I think he's going to break his numbers that he did last year. He's already on course mm -hmm. to. Right. Yeah. He's about the same, if not a little more, in terms of uh, goals. I think he's a little less like in assists. But I think we're going to see him improve greatly, and we've already have been oh, yeah. with the addition oh, of Wayne absolutely. Rooney. absolutely, yeah. yeah. Because it's giving him more space because people are now attracted to Wayne Rooney. This goes <laughs> also into due diligence for D.C. United. Yes. I mean, when they when they when when D.C. United ended up getting MLS out, which, by the way, I'm so happy he's still in MLS because he's a fantastic player. Mm -hmm. Maybe number 25 on this list, but he's number one in my heart. Um, but... I think when we go to due diligence, talking about uh, puzzle pieces, mm -hmm. they knew Yamil Asad would work. I mean, maybe the first couple matches, they didn't quite see it, but then uh, definitely with uh, with Wayne Rooney coming in, you what you see is all of a sudden, you knew these pieces were going to come in and be in mm -hmm. place, and now it's just DC United is a completely different team. Absolutely. I mean, when, and when you watch the games, and I, I have to be very careful what I say because I don't want anybody from the Unleashed side coming over and like, pecking me <laughs> with food, but it's, they have been unbelievably exciting to watch. They have. When, when you see Yamil and the way that he recovers the ball for them, just like he did here for Atlanta United, and then he gets the ball to Wayne, automatically that team turns into something completely different. And to watch that team go from what was a scrappy team to now a competitor overnight. Yeah. I have to say, I was wrong. I thought Wayne Rooney was going to be a dumpster fire. He was yet another player who was going to be coming in. I'm raising my hand. Raising I, I'm with you on this. Yeah, and I thought that this was going to be yet another Steven Gerrard situation, and it was going to be a waste. And but what we forgot to think about is his soccer IQ is far above what Gerrard's was. Correct. You know, and and he seems to know his body. Yeah. Uh, and and what, <laughs> we, what he's we able to do. We saw that yeah. Yeah. with, the, uh, with the, the hustle back, the tackle, and the cross, and he immediately stopped to breathe. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he's he's aware where, where he can push and where he cannot. He's but already broken his face. and um, That's true. Yeah. That's true. But but if you are but if you are a D.C. United fan and you have Audi Field open and, and now with Wayne Rooney and he has shown his quality so early on. Right. That – if, you, if you're Orlando and you're sitting back and you're watching what DC United has managed to do in, in the span of a couple of weeks, how hopeless do you have to feel right now? Like uh, less than one percent hopeless. I, I mean, like you were on the event horizon of a suck black hole, and you that you're beyond the point of salvation. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into some interesting uh, after the match. We'll talk about DC because that's the next game for Atlanta United. Yeah. So we'll break down some of that stuff. And uh, ranked in twenty fourth, right after Emil Assad is another DC winger, uh, Stiber, who I think is one of the most underrated wingers in MLS. Oh, okay. And he's another one that's. Uh, gaining a lot from this Rooney signing as well. Next is one that um, I I almost when I was thinking my top five, I actually put Royer in my top five just because he's. If you look at his, his stats year after year in the last couple years, he's he's within like point zero three of his xg and xa. It's that consistent, and he's always there. Whenever BWP goes missing, Royer pops up and he's right. going to score a goal. 
And this guy is just a workhorse. He may not have the flair or the uh, may not be that dynamic player like uh, you'll see Assad. Well, uh, but he he pops up when he's needed. Yeah. You know, he's one of these classic MLS players who just flies under the radar and just does his job. And they have him at uh, 15th place. And he's a big reason why New York Red Bulls have been doing what they've been doing. Uh, I'm going to further continue this. Uh, number 13 for me is a sort of a shock. Because when I think of wingers that go unappreciated but also are just contributing nonstop to the game, our workhorses, things like that, uh, I think Latif Blessing. I think he's been uh, a phenomenal sensation for LAFC. I think that he... He wasn't doing too bad for Kansas City either. No, he wasn't. He wasn't, but he's... Uh, for, for weirdly... But he in feels Bob like Bradley's a system, yeah. Yeah, he feels like a different animal in LAFC, yeah. and I think he is next level. And I, I uh, undoubtedly, when I think of... I didn't do a top five, obviously, on Twitter, but he would have definitely been in my top five. I, I love Latif Blessing. I think he's he, he'll get there. He's I think a joy to watch. I think he'll eventually get there, and I also think he's probably in the top three or four underpaid... Uh, oh, yeah. um, uh, Americans uh, in MLS. So well, I think Latif Blessing's a guy that, and, and feel free Twitter to come at me on this. That had he <laughs> had he just like been in Europe and just kind of evolved organically in Europe, people would be like, yeah, sure, of course, wonderful, because the quality the quality is there. But like you say, it goes under the radar. Okay, I, I just think that Latif is somebody who, if you with the right system, with the right players around him, he can sprout and grow and blossom and he's found that at LAFC now LAFC has a lot of holes that they have to fill yes they do but when you have a team with a ton of holes and, and a ton of gaps in player quality and you see a player like Latif Blessing that has to show you that you can take the stats and you can move the stats to the side and just watch him play yep. and you're going to see a player with quality and you can't get around that yeah and at his age to, to play now uh in midseason, play for two different teams and still perform well. Uh, says a lot about him and Absolutely. his character. Uh, I'm going to skip over a couple of these. I'm going to jump to Piotti because oh wait no, I love. Do we want to talk about Davies though? Uh, did I did I skip him? You skip Davies. Davies is 11. Alfonso Davies. Oh, I didn't even have him our, in my notes. Our Bayern Munich boy oh, is okay. number 11. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Bye. <laughs> I mean, he's leaving MLS, so I mean, like, I really don't give a shit anymore. Like, he's leaving. We got to see him at the MLS All Star Game, so yeah. I'm happy for that. Uh, he had a, they had a great video. MLS put out a great video. Yeah, uh, like they a mic'd him a couple weeks later. Yeah, uh, that was a lot of fun to watch. He's got confidence oozing out of him right yeah. now. No, man, if you if you want to see the personality of this kid, because he is he's a personality. Uh, follow yeah. him on Instagram. He is hilarious. Yeah, he's gonna need that when he goes over there because he's like we talked about. He'll probably go on a loan immediately. Yeah. Um, to to a, a, a lower level team, mm -hmm. which to be honest, he's still be playing with players that are probably superior to where he's playing now with uh, uh, Vancouver, anyways. So yeah, <laughs> even if he's well, playing for a team fighting relegation uh, in Bundesliga, shocking. how dare you against you know. Watson? How dare you do that? <laughs> yeah, Watson. Yeah, I mean Watson got two goals the other week. How dare you? He's I, the next hat trick king. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. You, you put some respect on that name. Look, I I think that this is one of those things that that freaks out MLS fans because we want to believe in our league and we want to have pride in our league but then when we send a player overseas and he immediately gets loaned out right then people start freaking out oh my god we're a substandard league no it's not yeah they're not it's not like going to MLS and being loaned out to USL yeah, I mean right. exactly you're being right. loaned out either to uh, uh, in the same division but maybe a relegation a team that's fighting relegation exactly. or if it is even if it's a team in the in the in the second division in Bundesliga you know, some of those teams are MLS level. I mean, yeah. anyway, so. Well, and, and 
especially teams that are fighting relegation, it's it's not often about coaching. It's about the ability for the owner to invest in the team and bring in the players necessary to compete with. He may never play t- uh, with uh, Bayern Munich. He never. may end up getting resold two years later exactly. for a higher value to another top team. You right. Know. Exactly. Yeah. But they, but they want to make that investment. And this is where... If, if anybody wants to see how player development is going to go over the next five years, watch the, what the Bundesliga is doing now because they're getting these academy kids out with no contract, right? It's a very risk-free deal for them. And then they go, they see the quality, they say, okay, well, if these kids are this good now, let's see what some of these other guys can do. And then you're getting Alfonso Davies, who's out the door for, what, 20-something million? Is right. the, is the yeah. chance for you when you do add-ons and whatnot? It, it, this is the future of MLS, and I think that it's phenomenal that we're there. Because yeah. when when you started watching in the early '90s, that like I, th- this was not a league you could watch. Yeah, pretty, and yeah. The, great, the, the great thing for Vancouver is, um, you know, they get a they get all the money because yes. he was a Vancouver homegrown. Right, that's right. Yeah, so that's a big deal, and, and hopefully these uh, rules. Uh, I'm not even going to get into um, Paul Tenorio's recent article, but uh, right. about youth uh, trades and stuff like that. That could be another podcast, but that's that's something that's got to be fixed because uh, unless he's a homegrown, if you sell a player out of your academy, yeah, you know, unless he's signed to a homegrown contract, you don't see any money. Yeah. Well, I, I think essentially that Uncle Arthur and his uh, and his extreme benevolence to MLS, I think, is going to help grease the wheels to make changes. I think that's he's got happen. the power. Yeah, he does. Yeah, the thing, he's got the finger on the button, and uh, I think if he he's got he's got a Garber and a and a jacket pocket. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it, he's gonna like I need at least two billion in Tam next year. We're gonna <laughs> 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 like this is not enough. I have more money to play than, than what you're giving us. Uh, so <laughs> number eight, uh, Piatti. Uh, uh, you know he's slowing down a little bit, but he's still just so magical on the ball. And we saw it in his interchange with uh, uh, in the MLS All Star game, especially just watching it oh, yeah. live with Joseph, yeah, uh, with uh, with Miggy and Joseph. Just seeing the three of them play so together, like that would just be a dream to me. Like if we he, all stood there, and we're like, oh my god, what if? That'd be what a dream. If? Yeah, what it's if? never gonna happen. But that'd be a dream <laughs> for me. Like like his last year of his career, or something he came and was an off the bench player for Atlanta United. Uh, just to, to come on and be a difference maker. Gives me goosebumps. Uh, yeah. But we see the post game with him and Tata. Like, you can see the love is there. The respect is there. And and I went to Twitter immediately after that game. And it was all like, oh, my God. What well, can we do? How can we move this? were the guys that sort of opened up the door for the LGPs, for the Tito Vajabas, the uh, Barcos, to come to MLS to know about the league. Exactly. Right. You know, these yeah. guys are the first guys in the door, yeah. you know, uh, the, to build that legacy. So, and, and these are the guys, honestly, that when they go and they start building statues outside of stadiums, when this league finally reaches where, where I think it, it can be, and oh, they don't have to move the statue to another city. Yeah, and correct. They sell it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> wow, Jay. Okay. <laughs> well, when we start building statues, these are the guys who need to have the statues up first. Yeah. Because they are the ones, after the, the Hunt family, yep. they are the ones who really kicked down the door and said, okay, we'll take a shot on your league and we'll see how it's going. Because they're the reason that guys, not everyone is bolting to China. Right. Right. Okay? They're the reason why MLS is now a viable destination for these players who you know who aren't the agueros of the world mm-hmm. they need a place to go right and this is why mls along with the safety security and steady paychecks that you know why it's a destination so good on them yeah so interesting enough uh right underneath is our is our homeboy not our he's not from the home but our our team boy i'm messing this up ezekiel <laughs> barco Number seven, right under Piatti, which I thought was surprising because, in my opinion, I do love Barco, but Piatti, to me, is more magical See, and better on the ball. I stopped buying into that sort of 
I would have discussions like a month or so ago, people about, okay, and I even tweeted, a few, uh, you know, just to see what people would say, like, how do you rank uh, Vialba, Barco, and um, uh, Gressel, mm-hmm. or or even throw Assad in there, and yeah. how would you rank them one, two, three, four? Yeah. And a lot of people put Barco, like, last. Mm-hmm. And if you look at his statistically, though, he creates more chances than anyone mm-hmm. on this team. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want when you're talking about a Joseph because he's creating chances for Joseph. He's yeah. creating right. chances for, for Miggy or whatever it may be. And so he may not be putting away the assists or the goals like we saw Assad, but he's a different player. Yeah. Right. He's a different type of player, and he's still adapting to the league, and he's still very young. And But I think statistically, when and that's what we're talking about, when he took all these data points, you know, the data doesn't lie. You know, he he's one of the, the best wingers in MLS. And he's sitting with uh, almost 1,300 minutes. Yeah, yeah imagine is, without a suspension, he'd probably be even further up there. So right. uh, I, I'm not surprised by this as much. Um, but what what we'll see is that uh, we've now already, in the top 26, we've already covered uh, two Atlanta United players. Yeah. yeah. So well, and Just keep in mind that this season is in a, it's for him to adapt, essentially acclimatize to the league. Because once Miggy's gone, he's going to be the 10. And yeah. so right now, let's just be – we should look at this production – from the outside and be like, oh my God, potential, potential, potential. Mm-hmm. That's what that 15 million transfer fee was. It's all about potential. And w- from what I've seen so far on the field, he has the ability. Uh, what I love personally right now is going on Instagram and seeing Barco and Joseph right, hanging out. around town. Yes. Yeah. Make him, because it's one thing, and, and I, as, as a parent, it's one thing to discipline your kids. It's another thing to teach your kids that it's okay to come back into the fold and be welcomed back into the fold. So Barco had his off-the-field issue. Now he's being welcomed back into the fold. If this is done well, and it looks like it is, yeah. Atlanta, just sit back because when Miggy leaves, I don't think you're going to have a drop-in production a drop, at all at 10. Yeah. And I think that's definitely what that's about is them knowing that Miggy has the possibility of leaving and, and as everybody say, he is leaving. Yeah. And then the, having that connection between Barco and Joseph where they don't necessarily need to – see each other on the field but know where each other are on the field yeah. and that's going to help with uh, our production next year. Yeah. So statistically he's like there's a huge gap between him and Assad um, in, in this list. And then we have Rossi another LAFC player. We don't even have to, I don't even have to talk about that. I mean the, the kids brought in he was uh, the second youngest kid in the league mm-hmm. brought in uh, by LAFC as their D, one of their DPs and they he's been proving why he's such a great fit for Bob Bradley's system. He's just he's uh, wonderful to watch. I think he's going to be like that next Piotti mm-hmm. where we'll be talking about him years from now if he stays with MLS, but he may very well uh, be a player that they sell on for a lot more money to yeah. Europe, I think. Very very easily. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep, and then uh, Kyoto just saw him play the other day. He had she had uh, I think got away with one. He had an elbow on um, uh, a Dallas player that kind of slid by. It looked like the Assad elbow from Toronto last year, but it didn't get called. Uh, so people will still continue to get to watch him play unless um, Disco does something about it. But Kyoto is really interesting because he's part of that really young, dynamic group of, of signings with Houston. Lower budget, uh, but yet he's right up there. I mean, he's number five. Look, I have no problem with lower budget players, whoever produce. I mean, because that's that's yeah. a fantastic business model, any way you slice it. Because if you go by what the early days any of business MLS, owner is like, yes, yeah, that, come ab- on, ab- absolutely, that's. Fantastic. I mean, him and Ellis, the Honda and duo, you yeah. know, um, those guys are crazy, they uh, are. crazy good watching them play for Houston. So um, he's a delight. And then one of my favorite players this year is Tajiri Shradi for NYCFC. Yeah, the guy has been a maniac for NYCFC. I mean. 
I think number four, yeah. I mean, I think he's definitely the top five. And he started to creep into my top five once I started to do some research before this list came out. I started to go, God, how did I even forget about this guy? Um, I think his performances are dropping off a little bit the last few weeks, but I think that's the team as a whole. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, he's been just a, a joy to watch. Well, let's give NYCFC a lot of credit, too, because when you go from Patrick Vieira to D- Dominic Torrent, and, yeah. and you're not just talking about it's the difference really between like New York City and Los Angeles like it is it is a it is about as far apart in coaching styles and tactical styles as you can get and yet somehow they're still competitive yet they're still somehow making it work so yes I can see that slight dip in productivity but at the same time I, I, I give them a lot of credit for what they're doing up there number three Tito Tito Alba. Uh, only 1,100 tamer. minutes, and yet he's up there statistically. And Third. you saw an article from Doug Robertson. He's saying that this is he's having the season of his lifetime. He is. He's having a great season. Even with right the now. injury, he yeah. feels he's in a good place. And uh, and we saw that come to fruition in the last game against Columbus with that. Uh, I mean, is that the be- is best goal he's scored for Atlanta United? Is it second best behind the. T- I know that it's people have best. feelings about I, the second Orlando. Best. It's a second yeah. best. The Orlando it's goal. a great goal. Yeah. Great, great yeah. goal. The celebration out afterwards was perfect. But yeah, no. I, the, Nothing That's for why me he's number three. Takes over that the Orlando. Rockets, no, I don't know so. who else does that besides maybe uh, a Via or a Carlos Vela. Ring, ring sometimes just comes yeah. out of nowhere with with ginormous shots, but yeah. No, but I'm talking about just blowing by oh, defenders yeah. no, in the yeah, 80th yeah. minute and being able to then squeak yeah. it by in the corner. That's like to me, there's only a couple guys that can do that. Perfectly no, it, hit, by the way. Oh yeah, no, it was like, it was like a 14 year old playing FIFA. Like, yeah. it's like as he said, yeah, he yeah. said he felt like he was in FIFA. Yeah, I yeah. felt my favorite player. He's gonna go on a solo run. Like that's the stuff when my kid, my my son plays FIFA. I'm like. Son, no one in the world yeah, will do it that. It doesn't work like that. No. Yeah. no, it doesn't work like that. And then, of course, we watch. Tito does that. Okay. Don't look at this. This yeah. is not a thing. <laughs> the second hundred in Ellis, of course. Um, I don't know if he's ranked number two to me, but statistically, according to these stats in this ranking system, he is. Uh, again, uh, I think know, he's dropped off in the beginning. Him of this and year. Kyoto, yeah, he's he's really dropped off. But him and Kyoto are just a, especially midseason, they were just destroying defenses, yeah. putting up uh, uh, two, three goals between them. Yeah. And then number one, which is hard to dispute, Carlos Vela. Well, see, like for when we when I was looking at this list, I, it was disputable because I, to me, Vela is a is a midfield player. Like I don't I don't see him as a winger, in in my opinion at all. But apparently, he is. Well, he's uh, traditionally a, a left winger, mm-hmm. uh, and he does play there from time. But he does come inside in Bob Bradley's system yeah. a, a, a lot, um, and, and that's just because Bob Bradley has so many offensive pieces. <laughs> it's just like where do you put Almost him? So too much. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I don't know. They're gonna they're gonna be uh, scary in the playoffs. I think they they're are. Make yeah. The playoffs, so. But, yeah, that's your list. So um, you can check it out at Analysis Evolved. And thanks to Harrison Crowe for putting that together and making my dreams come true. It's really, really well done. There's a <laughs> lot of – there's um, so with every player, there's a paragraph underneath why that, that was there. It gives you all the breakdowns. It's a really great article. You should check it out. So uh, I'm going to say the team news is something we may be able to go back to uh, after the, the halftime. Let's talk about injury news because uh, the lineup came out. Uh, right? And at first I was like – you know, uh, Kelly and I talked about. It. Kelly said Barco's not starting, and I said, and a lot of people this week listen to podcasts said Barco wouldn't start. I thought Barco would start because he looked great to me at the uh, when he came off the bench for I, Columbus. I thought our formation against and, Columbus was great, and I thought bring Barco on, have him be fresh legs in the second yeah. half. And to me, I was like, let's start Tito on the right always because clearly he that's where he really sparked yeah. against Columbus. And Gressel can't play on the left, 
So uh, I was like, great, Barco started, but it may be for not necessarily, we don't know, the right reasons or the right. reasons that we want because that's because Escobar apparently got a right leg injury in training on Friday and Gressel is playing right back. So, I'm, I mean, I'm fine with that. Gressel has done uh, perfectly fine. I, I don't know if it'll be – Escobar is so dangerous, he goes all the way up into the box. I think Gressel may be a little more conservative. Yeah. Right. Which I think is okay against Orlando. Right. Um, so, I'm going to – Shouldn't be an issue. So, Doug Robertson tweeted out about 40 minutes ago, so, like, a little bit before uh, – after six. Escobar has a right leg injury, uh, which is week to week for Atlanta United. Uh, I think it happened on Friday. So, Friday being today. Okay. Um, also, uh, there were some interviews with Tata on Wednesday during the uh, normal Wednesday training presser. Uh, and when we talk about Darlington Abbey and Greg Garza, Tata said that, quote-unquote, I think Darlington will be ready before Greg, and hopefully within a few weeks we can have them back training with the group. We think that Darlington will be ready before the playoffs, and hopefully Greg as well. So now it looks like Darlington may, in fact, as we talked about before, but now we know for sure, may actually be back before Greg Garza. Right. Uh, and... He's going to have to be that bench player, I think, as we talked about. Yeah. Can you talk about an embarrassment of riches where <laughs> you can right? have can you have right? Nagby coming off the bench or Greg Garza coming yeah. off the bench? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... That, Isn't that insane? That's absolutely mind-bending. Yeah, I think Garza will start as soon as he's... Uh, as soon as he's ready possible. to go, I oh, think yeah, yeah, he yeah, yeah. will start. But, 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 but Nagby may be uh, in, on the bench for the remainder of the season. Yeah. Uh, and just be like the a way li- that Rometty's been playing with yeah. Larry yeah. or just to, uh, to give Larry a rest from time to time. Yeah. Uh, so Rometty can Think slot about back into Larry. how incredible that is. To, I mean, that's just, yeah. in oh, my mind, that's mind blowing. Our team is already playing so well with Larry and Rometty to think that maybe if we need a change of uh, play in the second half, we bring on Tagby. Yeah, we, uh, Nagby's won't be great prepared. in possession. So if we need to hold on to a lead and things of that nature, usually it'll be Kratz that come in. It could be Nagby. Yeah. yeah. Well, and just think that whenever you have a player in that position who goes out like for a substitution, automatically you're like, oh, my God, who's going to link the play from the back line to right. the front guys? We don't worry about that anymore. No. No. That's not a worry. Yeah. We, have, we have a guy who's exceptional at it on the bench. So I – I, I just sit there and look at this and just marvel yeah. at, at how this team has been put together. And I look at all of our substitutes, honestly. I mean, Kratz is a great substitute. Uh, Romario hasn't been performing as best as he would like, but he's still a great substitute when you're talking about a forward. To have Nagby before the playoffs yeah. is going to be tremendous. It is. Uh, Brandon Vasquez still has a foot injury. He did not travel with the team. Um, and uh, Goslin, Chris Goslin, is expected to be out for at least a week after suffering an ankle injury, and he will be training with the second team uh, to try and get back into shape. Uh, some other tidbits. Station soccer is coming to the West End Marta Station. So we talk about yeah. soccer station all the time. That's so exciting. Uh, the Atlanta United Foundation and the city of Atlanta released renderings of the new station, soccer, West End, uh, I think a week or so ago. Yeah. Um, and They uh, had a video up today of yeah. uh, 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 Sanjay Patel, uh, which is their... Soccer in the Streets uh, director of strategic projects. He was basically testing out the net. Yeah, he was having like some fun a, out there. Yeah. They had a uh, Marta train passing by, and he literally just lobbed the ball it, up to if the net. You've never seen that station or renderings of it. Basically, uh, you have the the Marta trains on a giant bridge above above the, where the they're going to be building the fields, and so there's definitely concern where the ball is going to go uh, where it's not supposed to. So they put up giant nets that are hanging Huge. like underneath the entire bridge there where the train goes over. It looks. It's, pretty dope it's gonna be exciting we were talking to them because i was at station soccer on wednesday 
and we were talking to them and they said that you know it's opening up September 8th and the fields are going to be actually bigger than the, where they are at, at uh, Station Soccer uh, Five Points. Yep, and uh, they're going to be opening it up with, I think, a youth five-a-side game uh, oh, wow. on September yeah. 8th when they do it. And they definitely said that they'll be having uh, the sort of um, drop-in play same oh, yeah. as they did with Station yeah. Soccer. So. Is it one or two fields, though? It's two. Two. That's, I, I thought I saw in the rooms it was two fields. Yeah, two it had, fields. it's a lot of space there. Yes. So yeah. that's great uh, because I think that's the key is this is as this becomes more popular, you can have waiting lists on meetup.com. Oh, and, my God. And, there's already waiting lists now. Yeah. Uh, and then the Soccer Station logo contest, as far as we know, it's still going on. Uh, you remember we had Luke on and, and Angie, uh, uh, Tim Herb's now fiance. Yes. Uh, has a logo submitted as well. Go and vote on Instagram at Soccer Streets on yep. Instagram. Now, uh, there were a couple matches before uh, this recording. In fact, we had, because it's all rivalry week. It's rivalry week. <laughs> and it was more like rivalry day and then nap day. Like yes. when <laughs> Wednesday was awesome because we had the uh, Hudson River Derby. Right. Against uh, New York Red Bulls played NYCFC that, at Yankee Stadium. Man, that was a game. Yeah. That was a game. Okay, so me. One of the most exciting derby matches. Yeah, so uh, I played soccer station that day on Wednesday. And then, like, basically after we got done with pickup, I told everybody around me, I was like, we're all going to Sidebar in Atlanta. We're all sitting down and we're drinking and we're watching this match. And we all sat there and it was just in from start to finish, it's such an insane game. Not attractive soccer, no. but just the, the, the stands were nuts. Credit to NYCFC fans for turning out on a weekday to Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. Uh, right, yeah, and awesome. you can tell that that also with the players, it was anticipation. There was a lot of yeah. a lot of energy in that game. Well, NYCFC's had their asses handed to them a number of times by Red Bulls this year uh, on aggregate. So uh, they, this was an important game because you had the supporters shield, both teams in the race right. uh, in the top three with the lane. United. So this is a big, big deal. Uh, it, I, I still have to go back, and I know that it's... All right, we're getting yeah, ready. Yeah, we're starting chance. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, to me, this still goes back to the fact that you can have two red cards and be competitive in a game. Right. There's something extraordinarily wrong with your field. Correct. <laughs> they survived uncle and the field somehow. And the field. Yeah. With, I was surprised they weren't down to like eight versus eight by the end of the game. Right? You know, through inj field injuries from the field and uh, uh, Ted Uncle. So. But how much longer can this continue? I know they're yeah. talking about the Harlem site for a stadium, but how much longer can this go Ima on? Imagine... I mean, um, you know, being a coach, uh, assistant coach for Manchester City, yeah. and then coming over there and having to deal with that fucking field. Oh, my God. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> and build tactics around that. It's so small. Yeah. It is just, it's, you watch it, it's one of those things that's like, it shocks you every time you watch a game. You're like, surely it can't still be that small. And then you're like, yep, no, it's still that small. But they draw each other, which is great for yes. Lane United. And yes. then uh, in the uh, Thursday nap rivalry matches uh, <laughs> that went on, uh, one of the matches was Dallas, which we're still keeping a side eye on right. because they're a team that uh, last year probably, you know, they were headed to, to first in the Western Conference until they just dropped off inexplicably at the end of the season. They just didn't have the, the depth. Uh, this year they're hanging on, and uh, they're right behind uh, um, uh, New York City uh, NYCFC in the Supporters' Shield race. They drew. Houston saved us. They helped us out. Their new signing, Pena, Right. Came out like an 87th minute and, and scored a goal in the bottom right hand of the goal uh, and, and saved us, man. Yes, they did. Hey. A draw. I'll take <laughs> however we what can a great, get it. What a great setup for this game that's about yes. to kick off in minutes. Isn't it also insane that every rivalry game has ended in a tie? All the pressure now. I don't know if you call it pressure, but I mean, it's you got to take advantage of this. Yes. Yeah, right? you do. Yeah. You really yeah. do. You've got an Orlando that's been completely dreadful, right? They have like one win in 15. 
uh, matches. Well, this is this is absolutely what we called earlier what's the banana peel game, right? Like this is the trap game in the gambling world. This is the game where you're like, ah, I don't know if I really want to bet on this one, just simply because. The pressure's on Orlando. I think the pressure's actually on Orlando more than anyone because they are desperately trying to find anything. These players are playing for their life. Yes. Like they could yeah. be sold, traded next year. Yes. Uh, they want to be. They want. Some of them may want to be traded yes. and want to go for. Yeah. yeah. There's there's nothing to lose in this game, honestly, for Orlando. Well, You've they're got playing for than, they're playing for pride, which is yeah. on the line. Well, yeah. there's the, less than one percent chance that they even make the playoffs. So you literally they are playing for their well, lives. So far, the most fight that I've seen out of anyone even remotely associated with the Orlando organization is Cindy Larue. Every yes. time she gets on Twitter and defends her man. Other right. than that, I've seen nothing from nothing. this team. And her pride have not uh, have been losing uh, as well now too. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, yeah, just a tough, tough uh, situation for Orlando to be in. Yeah. This is, uh, you could just see the frustration mm-hmm. in uh, uh, O'Connor a- a- being yeah. asked about Joseph Martinez's record right. and all right. of these things. Uh, right. And, and uh, OG so, Yams in the house. So in, in the regard of, like, this game that we're about to play, are there any key takeaways for you? Like, for, for instance, my key takeaway is that, like, I just, I want us to end this game with Joseph not being injured or anybody on our team being injured or any red cards. <laughs> I don't so want a red if, card and I don't want an lose, injury. you're fine as long as no one's injured. No, I don't want to lose either, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, the, I can see that. The, I worst, can see that. the worst scenario for me would be somebody on our team getting a red card yeah. or somebody being injured because they're not – Orlando's not going to back down. They're, they're not going to go into this game playing nice. But the funny thing is the last game, yeah, it got a little – it got chippy, but I never saw any really bad tackles against Atlanta United. I saw a lot of Orlando fighting with themselves. Yeah. I saw a lot of, you know, them snipping at themselves. It never felt like we've had games against NYCFC, I feel, that have gotten, like, more physical yeah. uh, or, or SKC or some other teams than or with Orlando. It's more of, like, the aura around it. But on the pitch, it doesn't feel like a rivalry to me. On the pitch, the same way yeah. like against Toronto. Exactly. You no. know, uh, in this game, I think we're going to have to survive the first 15 minutes. I think Orlando's going to come out, and for the first 15 minutes, they are just going to bring everything they have, and they're just going to hunt for that one goal to try to get the momentum all in their favor. They don't have a problem scoring goals. No. Yeah. They That's don't. not their problem. It's the probably the 50 plus whatever goals they went in. Scarred, yeah. Yeah. On I, them. I think the most goals in the MLS yeah. allowed. They're yeah. going. I think they're going to. They're going to go full force for 15 minutes, and then they're going to bunker like hell. And, I, and if we can. If, weather if we can, the storm. We can weather well, our, the storm. Our listeners fine. will will find out because as they listen to this, of course, the result will ever always already happen. Right. But uh, it looks like the game is gonna. It didn't start right it's, at eight. No. Yeah. Uh, Shocker. And so let's talk about some some team news a little bit. Oh, okay. Uh, Joseph Martinez did not win goal of the week. He yeah. lost forty nine percent to forty seven percent to Rusnak of Real Salt Lake Do City. That. Is this MLS teams figuring out to go? If, what, do they I look to see? Do they look to see which guy has the most percentage, and then they just all start to go vote for that guy? I really, I really, honestly think it is because I remember I had I had multiple people messaging me about when the percentage changed, and it felt like every time we all gathered up, and he lost like, the lead, vote, and then vote. Joseph took the lead again. Yeah, and then hours before the end, and of then the also hours or like an hour before it was over. It swapped again. It was swapped yeah. again. No, it's, it's a conspiracy. Crazy. It's a conspiracy. I believe it. It absolutely is a conspiracy. Look, I'm the Sicilian, and we believe everything is a conspiracy. <laughs> Illuminati, baby. It, it, Illuminati. We invented, the, we invented yeah. all of it. 
And I'm telling you right now, it's a conspiracy. Every other fan group out there is so tired of watching that giant A show up for anything. They're like, no, 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 no. You don't get, you don't get the prize. Listen, get I like a little competition. I like this. I like the fact that it's not like a, uh, just automatic now. Yeah. You got to go vote for it. Yes. Got to go get it. Can't go to sleep. Also, LGP, congratulations. Baby. Oh, baby girl. Yes. Beautiful photos. She'll be playing so in adorable. the Atlanta United NWSL team that's <laughs> created uh, when she is of age in the academy. I'm sure. Absolutely. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, when she's 12. She's going to be just as ruthless yeah. as her dad. In the U12 Atlanta United uh, Academy <laughs> for girls. Uh, love it. Taking uh, out ankles he missed, <laughs> at he every missed, turn. He missed the Atlanta United photo uh, shoot of the team. Right. But he they'll was, Photoshop They'll Photoshop him. They'll Photoshop him. Uh, he was back and training immediately. Of course, he's playing in the game. Um, uh, also, uh, there was a great article. You know, a lot of this has been talked about already, but you get little nuggets here and there from right. these Tata interviews and maybe a little something new. There was an interview by, by Marcela Mora y uh, Aroha, uh, uh, Arojo sorry, Arojo, yeah. uh, for The Guardian, and uh, he talked a little bit about his childhood playing first division soccer uh, in Argentina at the age of 17. Right, right. And he said that, you know, like MLS wasn't a league. I followed closely, obviously not, but I had a few months to get my grips to it. This is obviously sidetracked. This is when he was talking about the conversations he was having with Atlanta United. Um, so he had a few months to get grips with it, and then we started talks in September 2016 with Atlanta. Uh, started com uh, competing properly in February 2017, and in that time, I was able to embrace the system, familiarize myself with MLS, and with the footballing idea. And, that, and he's being humble. I mean, he had a binder they talked about, remember? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> to, to me, that was the most impressive part of the whole conversation they had with Boca Negra and all of them when they met with him. He had a binder ready to go of players that he would like on a team. Yeah. yeah. He really wanted uh, to start fresh. Uh, he said that, quote unquote, it was an opportunity to start the story from the beginning. Um, says Martino, who felt the blank canvas of creating a team from scratch wasn't a million miles from his experience as a national manager. Uh, probably speaking specifically, I mean, both Paraguay and Argentina. Right. Uh, so, this, he, yeah. This goes back to the binder because it was also stated that, you know, meanwhile in MLS, uh, you know, Martino's experience with the Latin American market coupled with Ameri uh, Atlanta's director's knowledge of North American players has been a good formula. So it's like... And that has been a good uh, combination, and uh, I'm sure Carlos Bacanegra has learned a lot from Paul McDonough at this point, but it will be interesting to see who – they still haven't found a replacement for right. Paul. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that's got to get done before the offseason. You've got to yes. get somebody in well, there. absolutely. You can't put this – Carlos is still learning the ropes. He is, but, you know, there's one thing that, that – one thing I try to do with soccer over there is that I try to bring in sort of the, you know, the stuff that doesn't get talked about with regularity. And when during Tata's time at Barcelona, he got exposed to how Johan Cruyff had such a dramatic impact with Barcelona. And when you go there, you cannot escape it. And I think that's something for any manager to come in and have it's something very attractive, to have that kind of a fingerprint on a club. And that's not anything that he would get, even with the Paraguayan national team, that's not something that he would necessarily have because you're only there for a short period of time. And with a club team, there's so much history in South America and Europe. You're not getting anywhere else. This is the one opportunity for him to have that chance that where it's his club, his philosophy. 20 years from now, they're going to be talking about Tata Martino with Atlanta United. Kids, grandkids will all be talking about it. Yeah. And so when people talk about, oh my God, he's going to leave. Oh my God. It's like, no, no, no. This is something he knows is special. So let him ride it out. And right. I think he's going to be here for a little while. He's a Paraguayan yeah. national coach for like five years. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's just that just doesn't happen. No. So I just don't expect how happy he is here to, to, to leave, um, yeah. especially because he 
really beamed when talking about uh, the youth and yeah, the right. fact that he's able to that he really enjoys working mm -hmm. with youth. And there's this sort of media narrative, MLS media narrative about, look, they don't play the youth, they don't play the youth, and it's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Uh, as we've seen. Uh, when Barco was suspended, Andrew got his chance. Absolutely. And uh, he said that uh, we have a young squad. Our players are not older than 25, and I like that. I like accompanying the development of young players. Mm -hmm. And so that's just great to hear him talk about that because I think this narrative is pushed by certain people, yeah. uh, Matt Doyle, but others, play yeah. the, the that, that we don't play enough youth, that MLS teams don't play enough youth. And I think it's easy to sit in your chair and say that stuff, but when you're watching him play in Atlanta United 2 week to week, yeah. you know, we can watch these games on ESPN Plus, baby, as fans. Yeah. Okay, I don't need some guy in a chair to tell me that the youth aren't getting minutes. Well, I'm not, watching him play for Atlanta United 2 constantly. He still has that, areas to improve, too. I see so many people on Twitter and Instagram posting that Tata Martino is at the ATL UTV 2 games. Yes. yes. Um, a checkout man. Yeah. He goes, goes there right to right them. They're yeah. there. They, they are scouting. They are going to see who is making the leaps and progression and who is not. And and someone who doesn't want to play the youth, they don't do that. No. On, on those midweek games, they're not going to drive all the way to Gwinnett County to go watch a player play for no reason at all. Exactly. It's, it's part of the progression process. Yeah. These guys don't know what they're talking about. Yes. I mean, that there, when we're also talking about narratives, a lot of the narrative is also like, why did he come here? Why did he decide to do this? I mean, obviously it was a blank slate. Yeah. But he also did say this when asked why MLS. He said, why do I have to give explanations of why I'm here? I wanted to be here. And then uh, I believe the end of that quote was, and then boom. <laughs> That's right. Which is a very exactly. Tata Martino exactly. thing to say. Yeah. So, yeah, no. So I'm, enough about it already. Yeah, yeah, enough about it. I mean, he's adapting his life in the U.S. Um, as he said, this was a chance to get away from uh, sort of the hype and the, the media attention that you get. In, uh, in South America and 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 and, and Europe. And, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as a manager, that's something that you probably also at some points want to get away from because it's it's overwhelming. And he says uh, he mentions that everything in Barcelona or Argentina means in terms of media, which is referring to the attention. And says that there's something very refreshing. Uh, in the U.S., where the eyes of the nation turn to other sports such as baseball or basketball, and he, and finds he loves it, basketball. He yeah, talks about it. and he finds it much easier to concentrate on what I like and know, which is training my team. And other jobs, I wasted a lot of time on things which shouldn't have taken up so much time. Yeah, the team, the, the requirements of a manager overseas are, are absolutely nuts. And, and so for him to go and have to deal with El Clasico and we saw, uh, uh, Pep Guardiola talked about it in yeah. the documentary, yeah, uh, uh, Manchester City, the docu series, mm -hmm. just that first season yeah just was so difficult for him and this is a guy who's you know you just assume well he's done it in Barcelona he's done it in Bayern Munich but yeah. everything's a new challenge just because you're of a certain age or you've done things before doesn't mean that you're dealing with different stressors or different things That's that right. you haven't dealt with yeah. you know but when you're Barcelona when you're Real Madrid the pressure is completely different than anything you've ever experienced in your life and so for for Tata Martino to come in so for Tata Martino to come in and, and go there for a year and be like, ah, you know what? I don't know if this is necessarily for me. And for, where is he going to go? Back down to South America where the, the, your health can be put in not just from, like, your family safety. Job, your right. family safety. Right, and we saw that, obviously, with the whole drama of Barco. Yeah. yeah. And, and so when you talk about that, why are Argentine players coming here? It's because the checks are guaranteed. They're going to cash. There's no question about it. In Russia, and they have players who go to Russia. The checks don't clear. They have players who go to China. Checks don't clear. They come to the U.S., the checks clear. And not just that, but LGP goes and he walks his dogs down by the river. 
Is anyone messing with him? No. no. Can you take a picture of the LGP? Sure. You're my hero. Great. I mean, it's a great life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tata's not going anywhere. He has, a, as I keep saying, he has a multi-year option on his contract. Um, now, going into the Orlando game, Mickey's now uh, gained confidence. They're, they're oh, sorry. They're showing the uh, Mario Brothers thing that our media team released on ESPN wow. right now. That's insane. We don't even need a TIFO. They're we just, don't even need it because we've got it right they're, here. They're showing the actual Damn. troll video. The players are lining up. And as they are, um, going into Orlando, Miggy's gained a lot of confidence after scoring yep. for the first time since June against Columbus. Paris Kruschich of Dirty South Soccer wrote, uh, Joseph uh, said, I'm happy Miguel got the goal because I think he's been suffering lately. I don't remember the last time he scored, but I know it's been a while. I think he's been feeling some of the pressure, so I was happy for him. I think it's yeah. important for him to have the patience and perseverance to get that goal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what absolutely. does that say? He could have had the record in front of his home crowd. And, yeah. he, and he got he and dropped he it off it. to Yeah, he gave yeah. it away. Yeah, and Miggy, uh, uh, that in that same interview, uh, talked about the confidence Joseph and I have with each other is very important. Uh, uh, said Almiron, Joseph is Atlanta. Joseph represents Atlanta. Joseph is breaking records, and Atlanta United is breaking records. I'm very happy for him. This then, combination, these yeah, two, these there's guys. nothing like it right now yeah. in no. terms of chemistry in no. MLS. Not at all. Yeah. And I think that, that in regards to him passing it off to Miggy in Columbus, that definitely shows that Martinez knows that the, the record's there, but he's more concerned with the team doing well yeah. than him doing well. They're obviously very open with each other, you know, and, and that's you see that when they, the Instagram post, the hanging out afterwards, and we've talked about that chemistry with the team. That's yeah. not always there with all no. all teams. No, it's right. not. And, no, it's not. And, and you can you can try to force it as much as you want, but when players start clicking, it, it magic can happen. And you see that when Joseph plays for Venezuela, the announcers even say that he's suffering a Miggy deficiency because he doesn't have that natural chemistry with yeah. other Venezuela players. All right, so Kelly and I posted our score predictions. Uh, we both believe it'll be 3-1. Yep. We do. Nick, what is your score prediction? I'm going to go 2-1. It's going to be a hard-fought 2-1 win for Atlanta. All right. Scrap it out. Any any go. ideas? Does Joseph break the record today? I think Joseph absolutely breaks the, the record. Here goes the guys. It's coming up right now. What do we it's, have? What, is Fight it, to the death. Fight to the death. Glory awaits. Is that a mouse? It appears to be a mouse. Is it a mouse pirate? It is. It's a mighty mouse pirate. Mighty mouse pirate. This is possibly the worst TIFO I've ever seen in my life. I don't think it's the worst, but I think their other one was better. It's a big, it's a big tipo. It is very that's, big. That's, that's it. That. That, you know why it's the worst? Because it reeks of desperation. <laughs> that's why. It's <laughs> Nick with the savage remarks. Just Dang. yeah, fuck your tifo. All, All right. right then here the well, game's starting, guys. <laughs> the game's about to kick off. Uh, we'll come back to you after a break and uh, and after uh, well at halftime we'll we'll talk a little more. Uh, maybe we'll just talk a little bit about what went down. But uh, uh, yeah. Hang in, guys. Here we go. Oh, fuck you, Orlando.
Yo. What up? You guys. You guys. Do you like beer? Uh, yes. Well, I know Kelly likes beer. <laughs> Do you like breweries? Uh, yes. Well, I mean, duh, right? Right, if right. If you like beer, you have to like breweries. I mean, it's, they, they go together. <laughs> well, they go to- we have an awesome, awesome promotion for you guys. The, the sickest promotion, we guys. Have part- the sickest. We have partnered with the Atlanta Beer Bus. Atlanta Beer Bus. Atlanta's only hop-on, hop-off brewery shuttle service. The only one. There is literally no other shuttle. I mean, there might be a, uh, a guy, like an Uber driver, that say he could drive you places. Yeah, but uh, I don't gets know kind of you want to get in that car. <laughs> gets kind of expensive. It does. Could smell I mean, like cigarettes. You, you don't know. Yeah, I yeah, know, but when you when you really consider it, you're, you're, you're riding between seven breweries, one cidery, a distillery, and even a Marta station. For only $15, if you try to do that with an Uber or a Lyft, I mean, you're paying almost $100 yeah, for the day. Yeah, and it's not advisable to try and do it yourself because if you are by yourself, that means you're drinking. Yeah. You don't want to be drinking and driving. If you're no. with a friend, you don't want to put that friend in the spot. Yeah, don't draw, do that. You don't want to draw straws and figure out, okay, well, now who only gets to, to not drink at the rest of the breweries? Obviously, Doug. Right. Doug, Doug has to. We, Doug's always yeah, a DD. Doug and, and Ben. Screw that Ben, ben guy. God, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, come on, guys. Avoid the expensive uh, uh, Uber and Lyft rides. Avoid, yeah. you know, driving having, or and, having to find the places on a map or like ways yeah and you know take all the work out of it that. take all the work out of it you could basically sit in the bus and just tweet the entire time yeah. get on the bus or post selfies like kelly said yeah they go to seven breweries seven one breweries. cidery and a distillery and even a marta station for only 15 dollars a day guys. not only that but you also get to hang out on the bus with the beer nerds like they have guys on the bus telling you all you want to know about every brewery you're about to go to, the beers that they're serving, and even new things that got coming out. I mean, who doesn't want to know that? Sit back, relax, enjoy whatever music the driver puts on. Maybe you'll learn some new songs. Yeah. Okay? Get to know a beer nerd. Despacito. Get all the knowledge ahead of time before you get to the brewery so you don't have to worry about it. You can just, just get off the drinking. bus. Start drinking. That's what this whole thing. You don't have for. to get off the bus like some of these other tours and have to deal with some guy giving you the tour and the rundown. You already know. You just get the highlights. You get to know what's new. Maybe you've been to some of these breweries before. Yeah. You could just it's don't like worry a, about it's it. It's like a fast pass. Absolutely. For like, for like all those amusement parks. So why is this but a big with beer? deal? Why is this a big deal, guys? Because unrelegated listeners like you yeah. get five dollars off daily $5 passes. Dollars off, dude. With, that's yeah. That's one third the price. That's a third of the price. And all you have to do is use our promo code UNREL. U N R E L. UNREL. You got it. UNREL. I mean, yes. it's easy to spell and yeah. it rhymes. Yeah, and it rhymes. <laughs> and the offer is good for Fridays or Sundays only. And there's, you know, a limit one per person. That's, I mean, that's standard. I mean, guys, it's only weekend. $15 a piece. Yeah. So you're taking $5 off of that. You yeah. know, sure, you can't you, you can't go on a on a Friday and then use it on that same Sunday. Yeah. But and that's you can't cool. combine it with other offers, but that's typical. You should be getting all the breweries yeah. in on that one day, anyways. Yeah. So it shouldn't matter. So You're gonna pound it for one day, <laughs> straight pounding. So let's recap it: no Uber, no Lyft rides. It's only fifteen dollars per day. Beer but, nerds. But if you use the code Unrel, yeah, it's only ten bucks. Only ten dollars, guys. That's insane. So that is insane. Go to the website, pick a Friday or a Sunday, use the code, get your discount. Yeah, it's Atlanta Beer Bus, guys. ATL Beer Bus. You can find them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at at ATL Beer Bus, and you can find it at AtlantaBeerBus.com for more information guys atlanta beer bus create your own beer adventure what are you waiting for go do it Come on in, take a seat, tell me how you feel this week Are you cursed? Are you blessed? Are you still inside the mess? All those 
Well, Nick is back. Yes, yes Nick, Nick is back. I'm super excited for Nick. And guess, who, also, guess who jumped out of the up? ceiling? Holy shit! Eric Quintana. Eric Quintana. What up? From Dirty South Soccer. Mouse what the South, bro! Representing. Hey, by the way, Eric, this is a profanity fuck welcoming yes. zone. Fuck yes! <laughs> fuck yes! Fuck yes! Fuck yes! For all the times so you excited. told us we cannot curse on Mouse the South. You can, you can cuss as much as you want, Such bro. Such a release. So, guys, 2-1 uh, <laughs> final score. Joseph not only breaks the uh, all-time scoring season record, he also ties Valeri's uh, nine consecutive he matches does. scored yes. in and, and the game winner. And the game winner. And then we got to see the lion on Tito's leg. He just, like, whipped that up and but waved on. Can, we, can we talk about the stare down? Yes, the yes. stare down. Because, because think, oh, my God. Go ahead. That's, no. That stare down was... Oh, uh, beyond epic, it was, it was, like it should the, be soccer, a painting. the soccer, yeah, <laughs> it, it should really, be it really should be. Look, look, Mouse the South already made it the Twitter handle, picture, profile thing, of, whatever. Of, so, of, well, yeah, just that, that, that image of him looking at Bendik and thinking, oh, look what I just did to you. I embarrassed you in front of your people. And I mean, it yep. was like the most epic Sarah I've ever seen in my life. It's like a gladiator who fucking kills everyone, and it's just standing there over dead corpses, like, bruh. And the, the last guy dies. The last guy dies. The last guy dies. He's like, yo, I just clowned your ass <laughs> in front of all your fans. All of them. And uh, Mr. Bendick face, meet Joseph face. And here's the thing: if we want to, if we want to break that play down just for a second, they had two guys on him the entire match. Yeah. And for the split second that he did. That, that, that Orlando didn't have the two guys on Martinez, he did that. That's all it needed. That's all it needed. He did that. And let's let's talk about that because they came out. Uh, you know, it's funny because their coach is known for pressing style when he played for Louisville, but clearly they don't have the pieces to do that. They're missing pieces today, and uh, we were talking about it. Kelly and I were talking about it, and then we talked about it outside. Eric, it was clear that the coach almost gave like his blessing or something to say, you know what, a draw is fine. We're not going to the playoffs. I just don't want you to, to let them win. No. And we're not going to let Joseph break Joseph the record here. And they the parsed the bus after they got the tying goal. And they just, I mean, it was very frustrating. It was a frustrating game to it watch was. in the second yeah. half. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was not. <laughs> we had to wait a long time for that release. Oh, it, man. it was a 75th minute. Yeah. But I got to tell you, in, in all honesty, when that when that goal was scored, I almost peed my pants. Yeah. I actually had to go in the, you know the bathroom. What? You and I, you and, and I and both, right yes. here. Yeah. Peter Pants, and, just I mean, a little bit. Just a little. Just a, just little. a very yeah. small drop because I just, I, I, everyone was screaming. Everybody was crying. People were hugging people. I hugged people. I had no idea who they were. Because look, I was just hugging people. If you're going to break the record, you want to do it with style, with flash, with a little pizzazz. And, and Martinez, he's not known for the one that I've never seen him do a stare down before. And in this case, he did the stare Usually down. he's staring at I the think, fans. I yeah. think, yeah, yeah, right. Usually he's staring at the fans. In this case, he's staring right at Bendik. I just juked you out of your shorts and chipped it over you for the goal to win the game. Boom. Held up the jersey. You recognize the name. You will History forever, made. You will forever be known, Bendik, as the goalie who allowed forever. my 28th goal. Forever. If by no one else, by Atlanta United fans. Because we're not going to let you forget, Mr. Bendick. We're not going to let you forget that Mr. you were the Bendick. one that was scored 
on for the record. I think after that stare, you know, his mom lives in Atlanta. I don't think he can come back to Atlanta. Like, I, <laughs> no, no, I no, think no. that broke him. Like, I need to know if we can get the supporters groups lined up and just start getting the TFO built now for that. For the next Orlando, when next time Orlando comes up, we have, want the TFO. I need, made. I we need, have cupcakes. I need, I, need a, I need an MLS is king uh, chant to the like. Like uh, a la, uh, are you gonna have uh, a cupcake? Like Game of Thrones. You know, you know, you know. Right. I need an MLS is king, a la Game of Thrones. You know? yeah. King of the North, king yeah. of MLS. That's what it's I. It's J Rock's birthday. Shout out Happy to J Rock. Happy birthday, J Rock. Happy birthday, J Rock. Unleash, motherfucker. Cupcakes. Kelly. But I do have to say that she this, really this wants record, to have a cupcake. No more shots, bro. No more shots. No more shots. I'll take a cupcake. No more shots. I'll take one. I'll no, say that this I'm could okay. not have happened in front of a, a better group of chuckle dicks in their life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that this record was broken in Orlando's faces. Yeah. That they what have the to go home and live. Dicks? You never heard chuckle dicks? No. Oh yeah. Yeah, hang around with some uh, fucking army and marines for there a while. You go. Yeah, exactly TV, what it is. TV shows do like the the animated dicks and they laugh. That's the chuckle dick. That's, that's right. the chuckle dick. That's yeah. Orlando City fans also qualify <laughs> as chuckle dicks. So this game started off, you know, this game started off like it seemed like it was gonna be pretty standard. We were we were playing pretty well. LGP just scored out of nowhere. Out of Usually nowhere. he makes a run. Baby, like, can we talk about that goal for a second? How? How it was destiny for him to score that goal. Yeah, the fact that he's, was. like I'm, I'm amazed that he didn't have something already planned. The fact that he didn't, he didn't lift up his shirt and, and <laughs> have some kind of message there. I got like a baby I don't picture uh -uh. I guarantee you, Tata was like, if, I swear to God, if you lift your shirt and get a yellow card, it's gonna be you're out, you're done. We're not doing any of it. It's was so he, wild in here right now. We got, cup, we got we got cupcake icing all over microphones, and it's just wild up in here. Was he on yellow card suspension? I don't even remember. So, uh, uh he's close. He's we made close. it out clean. McCann didn't get one. Parkhurst didn't get one. Mickey didn't get one. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how because they were starting to fly at the end of the game. Dude, they really were. Uh, I don't. I don't think one Atlanta United player though got a yellow. Did they? Uh, Rometty did. Rometty. Yeah, Rometty got one. Rometty for the little like wraparound yes. thing. Yes. Yeah. 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 But yeah. that was a professional yellow. He knew he was getting that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he knew he was getting that. Um, actually, no, that first. Well, the first one. Yeah, the first one he got away with uh, yeah. because Elfat oh, yeah, didn't no, call the uh, didn't call it on the Orlando guy beforehand. Yeah, and we were like, why didn't you give a yellow? But then Elfat was consistent. And he didn't yeah. give one to Rometty. That's the one that should have been a yellow, but because he was consistent, right. yes. he was like, all right, you know what? I let everything else slide. If that was yep. uh, if that was Ted Uncle, he would have been already red carded. <laughs> right. Right. And I know that everyone's freaking out, saying that that should have been a penalty for Joseph early on. I'll be the bad guy that was not a penalty. And he was offside. Uh, um, Either way, he was going to be offside. It was not clear and obvious to me. It looked like he might have tripped before uh, the player got a yeah. touch on the back of his foot. Right. Yeah. And so VAR was used correctly in that situation after seeing the replay. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with I, you. I just had fire in my eyes, and I didn't care what the facts were. So... <laughs> I mean, that's just, and that's my honest opinion. I, I'll go back and rewatch it and have a more in-depth uh, no, feeling. Not. And No, I won't. <laughs> um, I had fire in my eyes, and nobody does that to my baby boy. Like, no. don't he, fuck with Joseph. He, he tripped over himself a little bit. But uh, LGP gets the, the miracle ball. By the way, it couldn't have happened without Barco, who placed that dangerously Perfectly. right between the defense and Bendik. It caused Bendik to yes. kind of second guess, bumble it. And then just fell to LGP's feet. It was yeah. so perfectly weighted on the way in. LGP looked so it, clueless it, it, about that ball. Yeah. When he, it was. <laughs> he had no idea what to do. Yeah. Uh, as a neutral person, <laughs> I can remove myself as a fan, but uh, he should have caught the ball. He should have caught the ball. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bendick should have caught the yes. ball. Yeah. Why he didn't get the ball, I don't know. He saw LGP there towering over him. Eric. <laughs> 
It's Bendix. <laughs> look, I know. I know, I know you're being neutral, but it's and look, Bendix. I gave Bendix the benefit of the doubt. I, I said I said in the last podcast, I, I kind of feel sorry for him because he's behind this crap back line. But at the same time, he's got to help himself a little bit. Yeah. And in that situation, he really could have helped himself by just catching the ball and pulling to Guzan. Guzan had the same moment he had the later same in the moment, match, but and he it. caught the ball. Yeah. yeah. No, you just got to make the call. That's it. Just make the choice. If, if it's it's like he's stumbling between decisions. Like he can't exactly. decide whether he wants to punch it out, catch it, or like whatever the fuck he's doing. Exactly. Yeah. Classic. It's, it's a second too late. I no. mean, this is a sums up his season. Bendik needs to go ahead and do a ball check really quick on himself, <laughs> and then decide: Am I going to get the loose ball, or am I not? Yeah. And, and, and either way, I would rather have my keeper die for the ball, try to get make the play. <laughs> you just saw LGP's goofy grin yeah. sit in front of him, and it just threw him off. He's like, whoa, whoa, oh my he's god! Like, he's like, did you get your gap? The, the gap is not <laughs> there. What's going on? Just threw him off. <laughs> did you have like some life changing experience? Yeah. What happened? Is that a veneer? <laughs> Where'd you get your work? Look, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm giving, I'm crediting his goal to, to the power of the baby. Yes, yes. Babies yeah. have some kind of mystical power when it comes to soccer players. <laughs> baby whenever power. they have babies, whenever they get pregnant, it doesn't matter. It somehow specifically when, those, those, when the players get pregnant. Those players. That's awkward. Yeah. Those, those players find ways to score goals. They do. And I'm amazed that LGP didn't have something already pre-planned. Just, just wait in till, case. Just wait till Joseph gets somebody pregnant. Imagine what the score, what the score line is going to be then. He'll have to put like. Uh, two soccer balls underneath. <laughs> he's like, because it's gonna, he's gonna if he if he, if he knocks someone up, it's gonna be twins. You know it is. Oh, guaranteed. Guaranteed. <laughs> guaranteed. So There's uh, no way it's just one shot. So, Larry again, pretty good job cleaning up in the high, pr- uh, especially we were doing some high press. Uh, Gressel getting targeted. I felt like uh, on yeah. our right side, yes, uh, quite a bit. Uh, even Dwyer was getting on the action, and he was going on the on the right. wing and whipping it into nobody because yeah. Dwyer's it's the only Orlando. there. It's Orlando. Um, and and that the goal though in the 35th minute, you know, I was talking to I forget who was talking about. It, I was like, you know, previous Orlando would have deflated after the first goal and right. just would have given up. But you you've seen in previous games, even though they've struggled, they've lost late goals and stuff like that. They fight till the end. Uh, they, more they, recently, I, they and, fought most of this game. I feel like when we got closer to about 20 minutes till the end of the game, they gave up. I was nervous the entire match. Oh yeah, I yeah. mean I was nervous too. Yeah, I was gassed. Absolutely, I mean, but it feels yeah. like it feels like even they, at two one, even at two one, I'm thinking Orlando's gonna find a way. Oh. Just if nothing else, just just to dissuade the, the dread god. A to, weird penalty or something to, will happen to push yeah. the dread god away. If nothing else, just be like, look, they're yeah. gonna find a way to score. A I mean, goal. honestly, I went into this game thinking Orlando's in eleventh uh, place. They're in the same place that like DC was last year, and they're gonna become our raccoon witch. Yeah. Team. So so it was nine day with Gressel offensively. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, he, 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 there was one point he, where he takes a short corner, it gets back to him immediately. He runs across the box and shoots with, uh, with his left foot, forces a save by Bendik. Uh, those were the types of things I thought we would want to do more of in the second half, yeah. where I felt like, why aren't we taking shots? Why aren't we taking right. more shots? Yes. Forced to save instead of everybody trying to get it to Joseph. Yeah. I felt like, it felt like, and, and it didn't help with Max Bratos in our fucking ear going, well, maybe this is the time oh, we're up. Yeah. Nothing, uh, maybe we were hoping for something Hold majestic on. to yeah. happen. And Hold I'm like, Max, motherfucker. Max Bratos is a great guy. We've and then, yeah, and then after but Joseph scores, he's down there sucking his dick going, Joseph's the greatest uh, Oh, no, no, because then, <laughs> then it changes dramatically. And it's like, well, guys, guys, yeah. how long before Joseph leaves? Okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's how a long before he leaves? And now he's it's just is, hilarious. Is Joseph on a drought? Is he gonna? Is he going to dry up now? Like, all of these, all of these narratives... Because you want to have, I guess, as 
want to entertain the people that are listening and piss them off at the same time. You want to have these narratives. It's, all, it's all about those talking points. That's, That's all they need. They That's just it. need the talking points. So that goal by Sutter was uh, it was actually pretty good because it was it just really off was. a bounce. It was a great goal. And uh, and and you know credit to them. It was a great I, goal by Sutter. Uh, go ahead. No, I was gonna, honestly, I don't I don't know that they have a better goal than that. Like in the last three months, <laughs> honestly, they don't. But Dwyer's they, I, never scored a goal like that. They don't have a goal like that. They don't have a look. Look, you can talk about the Dwyer goal, but the way it comes off his foot, you can tell that it's not like a perfectly placed shot. No, he was no. tipping his foot at almost it. too far under it. Yeah. So it's not. It's not. It had a very in, weird curve to it. Yeah, as well. it's, in, it's intentional, obviously, but it's it's not this perfect shot. Whereas this goal against Atlanta United, it's perfect. Yes, it's yes. off the back heel or whatever it was, and just one time perfect. I don't know what Guzan was doing. I don't know if he could have stretched his arm a little further, but for whatever they caught reason, caught him off guard. It was off it, the bounce. I'm sure, yeah. Yeah. There was yeah. a, a not, defender not, in his way. I think Parker was, like, was in his oh, way. He was like, oh shit, Orlando's going for a goal. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not blaming. What the fuck? This and is I'm offense. Not, what is this? Yeah, I'm not blaming him. I just, I, obviously, yeah, I think yeah. he was caught off guard. But, and guys, uh, Guzan had to make a lot of saves in the last game we played. Yeah, he did. So he had he had to make a couple couple good saves as well. In this game, I love Barco's free kicks. Yeah, I thought he, does, he absolutely. Yes, absolutely. He, he, I'm glad they they are giving him the free kicks because he put in a couple more dangerous balls after uh, that first one. Oh, for sure. Uh, that led to the goal. Also, uh, it wouldn't be an Orlando game without Will Johnson getting a yellow card. Yeah. Uh, nope. <laughs> on a dirty tackle from behind on Tito. Oh, well, of yes. Course. Yeah. <laughs> it was dirty. Yeah. And then. Uh, but I love the fact that he immediately got up and was like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait! You're giving me a card, but like." Somebody else didn't get a card? Like, really? Like, yeah, at that point, the cards were already on. coming out. Everybody got fair chances. He gave everybody yeah, plenty of, like, you know. But he had to take control of the game at that point. It's the second half. It was getting a little chippy. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, one of the things that, like, I, I have to go back and look at this game, but it just seemed like, sure, they parked the bus, but there were lots of open spaces there were. to take advantage there of. Were. And I felt like we, instead, we for, try to force it to Joseph, run up against their three or four men in the back or five-men wall, instead of, you know, let's let's pass back and forth just a little bit right. more. It did, feel, it did feel like a lot of people were trying it's to... It's almost like the pressure of the moment of maybe the Joseph needed to yeah, score a goal, exactly. or being in Orlando. Exactly. I feel like if this was against another opponent, we would have been tip-a-tapping it no, a little more, a taking of, our time. A lot of the channels that people were trying to create were directly to Joseph, so I completely understand yeah. what you're saying. It, it felt like most of the time they were Sometimes they could have taken shots, and it probably would have hit Bendik. But yes. the way Bendik was playing, you take shot. You might hit him every time. Shot. Take the there shot. Was, there was a point that I was he sitting no right, next to, at, right next to Nick, and I was like, just take the shot, and if it rebounds, yeah. Joseph's there. That's what Joseph's Just take the fucking for. shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't try to keep getting it to Joseph. I will say, the one time that he had that moment for, for him to kind of pick up the rebound yes. and shoot it in, yeah. he didn't take it. No. And for as much as Joseph fucks around and says, hey, fuck you for not coming in and coming into the box and, and chasing the ball and crashing on the goal and everything, he, in that one moment, didn't do that. Yeah. I will give. A, I will say that as much as he gives people shit for not doing that, he himself did not do that in that moment. And that yeah, could have like, been a goal. I don't know that would have been resulted in a goal, but he had the opportunity and he didn't yes, take it. I understand it, that. I still like, have also the fact that like he still scored. Yeah. So he still. This was before he scored. Okay. We this spent the entire first half. Though. We spent the entire first half trying to dunk on Orlando. Yes. And, and we and we almost paid for it. I mean, we they, they scored on us obviously, but we spent the entire first half doing nothing productive up in the front. 
And one of the things, I wasn't worried about them scoring on us in the second half. They created very little. They had very few opportunities. Yeah. That ball bounced just right. The guy hit it just right. Those things happen. But I thought we were leaving with a draw because I did too. I did know, too. We were running. It felt like we were running out of ideas, trying to force many ideas. And what would be? What would this team be without Joseph Martinez, guys? I mean, he. He, he saved our ass. He saved our bacon in that one. He really did. I mean, he created that whole thing. It's like slow motion, had bodies around him, the you know, goalkeeper coming at him and just danced around Bendik like it was nothing. You know, as much as we talk about this team having the the three players at the top, you know, Amaran, uh, Joseph, and Villalba, as much as we talk as all of them being dangerous threats, this this system and this format that Tata creates is is made to funnel to Joseph. But what do the greatest teams have? They have a guy like that, though. Yes. You know, I'm like, agreeing they have with you. A, you I'm know. agreeing with you. <laughs> Here's what I say is that Joseph... He's a fantastic finisher, and he's integral to what Atlanta United does because Atlanta United finds a way through Almiron, through Bejalba, through Gressel, through LG, through whoever it is that's crossing the ball in. They find a way to find Bejalba, uh, to find Martinez. But Martinez, when he's got his back to goal, receives the ball, and he's asked to do anything other than finish. Not that great. Oh, God damn it! There it is! And today, today that kind of showed a little bit because I think I think I think Orlando City was like, look, we know that if he's back to goal, he's not going to be able to do the things he wants to do. So if we can get him turned around, if we can get two defenders on him, which was the case for most of the match except for the goal that he that eventually did score, we know that we can limit his ability because he's not as proficient whenever his back is to goal. Right. Whenever he's asked you anything other than finish, I he's not as proficient. I see really what you're saying. Will anybody take half of the, this? I see what you're saying. But oh, you're the, Kelly. But at the, oh, we got shots going on. Shots, 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 Everybody. Vamos. Vamos, I gotta Kelly work fans. in the morning, man. <laughs> Don't we all fail? Don't and, uh, <laughs> Well done, oh Kelly Francis. I, I, I can see where you're coming from, but at the same time, uh, I feel like he does do a lot off the ball. Yeah, he doesn't get a lot of credit for as well. I, and, and, but I'll agree with you that. But yeah, everybody. Eric's gonna take a tequila shot! But Joseph is the closest thing to a complete four that I know of. Because he can do it in the air, he can do it on the ground, he can come back defensively. He could do it, and he, and he made a play where Joseph chased a player all the way back into our own half, forcing pressure to his back Absolutely. so that the ball could be taken back, and then he helps recover it and runs back, just the same way you see that Miggy does that. And that is, you don't see forwards doing that. No. But, and, and let's, Not an MLS. And we can't no. ignore the fact that he will move your team single-handedly. Yes, if he will. If you're the opponent, wherever he goes, he will force your team to adjust. And not, that's not something that's very common in MLS. I'm sorry. There are only a few players that whenever they go left, they go right. The team's like, oh, my God, what's he doing? And yeah. they take a ball. Absolutely. Point. And you know what's so, what's so fascinating to me is that defenses have seen so much tape on this guy, right? They know they know his movements. They know what, what he can do. But the, the, yeah. the, the matter of fact is that you can be on a back line with Joseph, and he goes missing. Yeah. That is so fascinating to me that somebody can be so smart um, IQ-wise as far as soccer IQ to completely disappear on a back line. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Do I was like, when people saying? say go missing, like that usually means... No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, no, no. he vanishes. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm he with vanishes. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. The yeah. fact that all...
know that these defenders know Joseph's presence and they watch him. Can you? We have two. We have two guys on him. I think. Yeah. I think but his low height is, a, is a big advantage for yes. him there because it's not like you're this towering figure to keep track as, of. As someone who is five five, let me <laughs> tell you from the vast amount of experience that, that from, happens on the Knicks five side experience. I will, I will fight for Joseph on this. He's five seven. Yes, barely. Sure, With sure. cleats on. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's five seven. <laughs> with, in, in, with his magic shin guard. On top of <laughs> on top of concrete with, with with cleats on. Yes, correct. All right, guys, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll break down where we are, and we'll talk a little bit about DC United coming up. Vamos! What up? Vamos! We're back better than ever. And guys, oh, man, uh, I can't even tell you. current updated table as it is, as we are recording, Atlanta United, first place, 26 matches played with 54 points. That's five points ahead of New York Red Bulls. Yes. Thanks Woo! to the uh, Hudson Derby, Hudson yes. River Derby. Amen. Darby. Wednesday. Darby. Darby. Give uh, me a break. Can we call the MVP the uh, U12 pitch that they play on? Can we, can we go ahead and give that the MVP for that? Like, I... MVP of the league. Yeah. It's, it's a parking is that, lot. Is that, is that a question at this point? They should have the five-a-side championships there. It would be great. <laughs> uh, perfect place. Uh, soccer st <laughs> that is, or soccer station. It's like Yankee Stadium, soccer station. Yeah, Yankee Stadium. Uh, current rank of the Supporter Shield at Lane United is in first. Woo! 54 Woo! points. What up? Uh, yes, thank you very much. So five points ahead of New York and uh, six points six ahead. Points ahead of, we talk about draw. Perfect. Perfect ending. Perfect. To what a perfect week. Yeah. NYCFC, Red Bulls, And FC Dallas uh, drew Houston, which means they're now seven points behind yes. in the Supporter Shield perfect race. Perfect week for us. Uh, and uh, the CCL race, I don't have the table in front of me, but I know That's we're right. first by yeah, like four points, first. I think. Um, or so, three points, I think. Something like that. We control our own destiny. We do. That's the important thing. That's yeah. all you can ask for. We we control all of all the destinies. We the control destinies. everyone's destiny. <laughs> all the destinies. You speak of destinies. LGP's child Enter is the key United. to the to destiny. <laughs> the destiny. The, all we're missing so, is the pick of destiny. But truly, <laughs> truly, LGP's child has some kind of like influence on. And, and I you guarantee know you. If she came into this world to bless us, bless yes. her. Everybody's LGP gonna start popping out kids throughout her life. Make it happen. Make it's it happen, happen, guys. It's gonna have moments. Where like monumental moments where she like graduates pre-K and graduates kindergarten and stuff like that. Yeah. Where we're gonna remember those moments because LGP is clearly, <laughs> obviously, still gonna be with Atlanta United. 
And in so, those moments, sure. we're going to have, you know, MLS Cup runs, CCL wins, <laughs> like just monumental yes. moments. In I'm LA just a little bummed, though, that it's not a boy because I want to see like a little beard. <laughs> like it starts growing a beard like at four years old. Like. U.S. Women's National Team. <laughs> that's what, that's I'm, what I'm talking about. That's what what's I'm up? Talking about. What's up? That's it. Bring it on. Remaining matches. We play DC next. Uh, after we that, uh, we're on the road with Colorado yep. and against San Jose. We have a very long uh, we, we, road. Right. Trip. We, yeah. we that's pretty much all the way through September 19th. Right. We have a quick turnaround after San Jose, where we come home against Real Salt Lake in an yep. uh, uh, open stadium, 70 plus thousand. Yeah, that's uh, a big one. Cedar. And then, of course, the game that everybody will be watching, especially if uh, somehow we drop points or Red Bulls gain points in that right. run, Absolutely. is the game against the Red Bulls in Red Bull Stadium on uh, the 30th. And then we are back home against New England and then uh, Chicago, and then we finish off against Toronto. Yes. Um, so some important matches to look at. This pot's coming out Saturday, so you're listening to it hopefully yes. right now is Saturday, which means that there is a match tomorrow on Sunday, which is the Red Bulls play DC, and then they play, they have a quick turnaround, and they play Houston Dynamo, yep. uh, both at home, uh, and then uh, FC Dallas plays San Jose at San Jose, which we know Wando can steal some points, right. San Jose's weird, uh, and then NYCFC plays Columbus at Columbus, that's, a, that's another game between... Yeah, Playoff teams, yes. Columbus's fourth place. So, uh, and that's on the first of so September. So I have a feeling that, uh, uh, weirdly enough, the DC United Red Bulls game is going to be a draw. Ooh. Because Red Bulls are coming off tired legs, right? They just went through in a very emotional yeah. match with NYCFC. I feel like with the momentum across that the DC river. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say, I'm going like to say, Jersey. they went from New Jersey. Yeah. To they New took York. the train. They took the path I'm over. Say, I'm not saying that they're they tired it? because of travel. I'm saying they're tired because of the effort they put into that match. They took the very. I don't think BWP gets tired. They took the very back. Uh, <laughs> as the person who. BWP when he's tired. As the person who correctly predicted the score for tonight's game. That motherfucker. Oh. That motherfucker will score 20 oh. up on, on you no, at the end of the season. Now he doesn't give a shit. I'm putting my hand up and saying that uh, DC I will beat. Oh. New York 2-0. Oh, I'm calling you. That's a bold this. statement because look, as long as I've been watching Red Bulls, they've been all over DC. I'm putting it out there, and I would be the one to be like, no, Red Bulls are gonna be DC. Well, let's say they're gonna find a way. Let's to look DC. at it this way: NYCFC and New York Red Bulls have not been playing their best soccer the last few weeks, right. and DC's been playing the best they've ever played. Yes, so, they have. Since so it's gonna be a, it's a great setup for. A, I think it's gonna be a very yeah. exciting game. So keep your eyes peeled. Let's talk about our game against yes. DC, though. Yes. Uh, and uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway. Not DC, right? Yes. Uh, it's at Audi Field. <laughs> yes. It's it's oh, our last game. Our game at Audi Field. Okay. So. It's at Audi Field. Um, we moved on from. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So now we're talking about Atlanta United playing DC, and too many beers, man. It's okay. It's okay. They are undefeated in the last five. They're four, one, and zero. Uh, they're a completely different team under Rooney. Um, Scott uh, Cassiola of the New York Times said that in the five weeks since Rooney made his MLS debut, he has broken his nose, refused to wear protective headgear, and endeared himself to his teammates. And Sam Seshkala of MLS writes, during their first five-game unbeaten run, DC's attack has improved drastically. They have significantly higher averages and goals, expected goals, chances created, shots, shots on goal, and possession during their streak than they did in the 17 games and prior. He, yep, and he continues with, perhaps more important than any of his stats, however, is that he meant to, he's meant to his United teammates.
we're talking about Rooney right now. Even when he's not scoring or playmaking, Rooney simply, be, by being on the field, has changed how DC plays. He's vastly different stylistically than previous starter uh, Darren Maddox, whose speed-oriented game creates more direct line pressure than possession or playmaking, which are Rooney's strong suits. Rooney's skills and tactical smarts allow DC to play less direct than they did when Maddox started was a starter. And need for opposing defenses to consistently key in on him gives more time and more space to Areola and fellow attackers. The guys we just talked about before yep. uh, the game. Yes. So you've got these key pieces like Emil and Stiber who are, are are really are like next level with Rooney drawing a lot of the attention and playing setup, playing the setup guy. He does, he'll stand there and hardly move and he's pinging balls to these guys. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is DC finally has a belief in their attack. For the first time in, in how many years they have a belief in attack. And when you have that, it allows you to be more creative. It allows you to just relax because no one feels like it's all on them anymore. Rooney, a guy who's had that pressure at, at every level of the game, can now say, I've got the pressure, guys. Let's go. Let's put it on me. Especially the back line, who yep. is usually at the front forefront of that, oh, my gosh, everything is on us. Now you've got Acosta. You've got Rooney. You've got people that can actually do things in the forefront, yep. in the attack. And third, people that can actually contribute. And so that's going to be a different DC United than we faced, even when we lost to them the first season. Yeah, Rudy's yeah, still going to have full fitness. It's going to be a completely different DC United. Even than we've even ever when faced. they played us in the bins, it's still yeah. it's still a different team. They're on yeah. a different run right now. They're in a different momentum. Rooney has had more space than he's ever had uh, than than when we allowed him to have when we played him. So it's going to be very he interesting. He also to wasn't to a, there was no chemistry yet with his no. teammates. No. No. And they were playing on the road constantly. Correct. Uh, you know, ever since they've been at Audi Field, it's a completely different team. Uh, and so I think it's a combination of those two factors, Rooney and the new stadium. Uh, at home, they are 6-1-1. One, and one. Okay. Right. Now, granted, most of their home games were at the beginning of the season, where they're playing at the Maryland uh, Soccer Complex, where yeah. it was like three or four thousand people max could fit in that place. But they that was important. They held on to those home games. Now at Audi Field, next level. And, they look unstoppable. And and, and, and they look unstoppable in Audi Field. Yes. Exactly. Well, yeah. it's, it's extreme home makeover, like DC edition. I mean, they, like there's there's nothing well, about this team that looks remotely the same. And now that they've let uh, Barra Barra back in and the yeah. supporters groups, yeah. that brought it to the next level yeah. uh, for yeah. them. Because that cold opening was tough, man. It was it was, it was not a good uh, experience, I think, for the fans and for the players. Uh, they talked about it, but now it's totally different with the supporters groups back mm -hmm. in there. It's yeah. loud in there. Yeah, it's yeah, loud. And they're, so they're at 39 goals scored and 39 allowed uh, goals allowed puts them back in. The the middle of the pack with Philadelphia Union, who are fifth, but the goal difference of zero, which is the same as Columbus Crew. Yeah. So, uh, Sam, uh, I guess Stage goal. I still can't pronounce his last name. I'm sorry, Sam. Unless <laughs> he, he wrote in, in regards to this, the defending has improved as well. Something that was noted by both Ariola and defensive midfielder Russell Canusi. Canus? Canus, sorry. After allowing 34 goals in their first 17 games, DC have conceded just five goals in their five games unbeaten. Wow. Uh, Canoes put the improvement down to a few factors, including a general boost in confidence and uptick in possession and less of a tendency to get stretched thanks to their new, slightly more compact shape with Rooney. This is going to be really interesting, right? Yes. How compact is it going to stay throughout their crowded run of games when 
they have to start wondering about Rooney's minutes. Yeah. Because what we saw with Everton, right, mm -hmm. as they played him more and more in a grueling EPL season, he started to play yeah. deeper and deeper. And then they're, they're, he played worse and worse because he was seeing less of the ball. Uh, he was having to come back and get the ball. And that's something that they're going to have to monitor very closely. Because right now, sure, it looks great. And we're meeting them. I wish we were meeting them at the end of the season because at that point, Rudy's got a lot more minutes on his leg. But that's not the case. We're going to meet him where he's fresh, he's ready to go, and he's on fire right now. Well, it's going to come down to their sports science group, right? Because if we're a, a franchise that is known for pinching pennies, I, this is going to fall down to their sports science group and how they manage those minutes. And if they if they don't have that in place, then I think you're 100% right. Come the, the latter end of the season, you, you're probably going to see him hit a wall. Yeah. And I wouldn't be terribly shocked if that happens. But right now, Atlanta cannot allow themselves to, to fall into a situation where they slip against this. I think if we walk out of there with a draw, I'm A-OK -okay with that. And now we've got uh, them playing, and this is a team that, we just talked about it. They've got hey. top 25 wingers. they got Assad. they got Stiber. They've got Acosta and Areola, and we've seen what Areola could do uh, a couple weeks ago. I mean, he can come out of nowhere and bang it in. He's not afraid to yep. shoot it from 18, 20 yards no, out. And, and where have we been getting most of these goals scored on us? It's these shots from outside the box, yep. things of that nature, or set pieces. So. It's going to be an interesting also, game. I feel like what happened to us tonight with Orlando, right. correct? Right, yeah. And, and Areola's got the creativity where he could do that. He, he has no problem popping those shots off. No, he doesn't. I don't mind blaming Guzan for the first goal or horribly the one Orlando goal because it looks like he could have maybe outstretched a little bit further or whatever, farther. Yeah, I don't think he saw it. We still have a tendency to get goals like this. But it, 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 it was such a quick goal. It was such a great goal by Orlando. I'll give him credit. As much as I don't want to, it pains me to give them credit. That was but a good goal. It was a fantastic yeah. fucking goal. If they, if they, had, if that was the game winner, it would have been highlight reel, but a goal absolutely. for the week. Absolutely, yeah. you know. And even, even without being the, the game winner, I still, I still think it should be nominated for goal of the week or whatever because it was that fantastic. One of a time, goal. I want them to have nothing. <laughs> I want that whole city to and have look, nothing. I agree with you, but at some nobody's point, gonna vote for it. Nobody votes for Atlanta. At some point. What a waste I, look, of a slot. Me, personally, <laughs> myself. I can take myself away from the fandom and, per, like, like uh, throw myself 100 yards away. We get away. it. You have a picture of Sutter it. on yeah, your wall. Fine. I can throw myself <laughs> 100 yards away and be like, okay, look, as the soccer enthusiast that I am, not a fan as the soccer enthusiast, I, am, I can look at that goal and be like, wow, what I feel a like goal. some part Sutter of you is wearing purple right now. All right, now. fam. Uh, no, 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 no. Eric wants a Sutter bobblehead for Christmas. Because if you're I, neutral, you're wearing some purple right now. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. But, because as much as that goal was fucking fantastic, it hurt a lot. Because <laughs> it was Orlando that pulled it off. It could have been anyone else. It could have been New England. It could have been D.C. It could have been Dallas. It could have been anyone else. But the fact that it was fucking Orlando hurts. Hurts to the core. But that goal was so fantastic that I, I can't. Yeah. I can't. Don't worry, I'm editing all this out. As, <laughs> as a fan, I can't. I can't look at that and be like, ah, oh, that was yeah. so, <laughs> Um Anyways, uh, congratulations, Sutter. I guess. Uh, again, <laughs> DC. DC United have games in hand, a lot of games in hand. They do. Uh, I think like three or four uh, uh, from most teams um, as they push for a playoff spot. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to make I'll it. I'll buy that. Uh, it depends on healthy on how healthy Rooney stays and how well they manage. I agree with you on that. 
Absolutely. And I honestly think they're going to be coming off of a win yeah. Yeah. against the New York Red Bulls this weekend. Yeah. No, like uh, so. so we're going to we're going to wait till uh, Kelly and I wait till closer to the game. We'll put out our score prediction. Yeah. But see if it's a win, it's more likely to see will get a loss. <laughs> Just because of Look, history. I, you know what? I'm because of the reputation. It, but like also I feel like Rooney makes that team completely different. So we just need to be prepared when we go in. Here's the thing I was impressed with Orlando. Orlando was able to not just. Why are we still on Orlando? It's not Orlando. It's not Orlando. It's what no collusion. No collusion. We're talking about DC United. But but it's what DC United could do against Atlanta United. That was similar to what Orlando did. They have the tools in their tool belt to because punish offensively. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what Orlando did not have in this game. Uh, other than Dwyer isolated, you know, they did not have their key pieces with Yotun and Hagita, and it was noticeable. Uh, and they played that more defensive style. DC's going to come out against us. They're going to play. Yeah. They're going to play in front of their fans. They're going to play a, a, a more open game against us, and it's going to be uh, very exciting to watch. So. But Orlando not having that, that. <laughs> <laughs> they were still able to at least create something. They and it's not they were living a complete bunker. Listen, Look, I'm not and they, had, I'm not they only had a few shots on goal, and they scored percentage-wise. I'm not, not going to well, say but. that this game was all out and Atlanta United win because it wasn't. Right. We had to fight for that. And it's the same thing that Nick said at the beginning. Y'all are when drunk. We, when, we not, fucked him up. Me, Fuck I Orlando. Am, I'm I am. drunk. Look, <laughs> what, I'm saying, what, what I'm saying is that drunk Nick motherfuckers. was right. No. Fuck Orlando. Jay. Oh, <laughs> fuck you, Orlando. Oh, fuck you, Orlando. <laughs> and now we're going to get into soccering. Uh, and uh, I'm not going to end this fucking no, show no, talking about fucking Orlando. I no, can fucking suck my look, dick. As much, look, look, Orlando it, was, it was able to... Hard, but, <clears throat> what I say was going to be 2-1 hard-fought game. Yes, that's very hard-fought. That's yes. the point I was making is that Nick was 100% right. The problem it is you were coming after Eric who already talked a lot about Orlando. So he used up all the Orlando time. But it's not, it's not about <laughs> Orlando. It's about what DC can do offensively yeah. that will create problems for Atlanta United. In much the same way, look, Orlando tried. Right. But Orlando failed in trying to create a lot of stuff offensively. They were able to, they were able to create what one, two, maybe three really big moments offensively, and one of them resulted in a goal. Luckily for them, yeah. it happened to be a fantastic moment for them. But luckily for them, yeah. So that's if you're gonna spot DC United one goal, fine. We make sure, won. make sure, yeah. Yuli score two, score two because that's what's going to take gonna be a shootout, to beat the game, yeah. or to beat DC United. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be as simple as you know. Oh, you walk into Audi, Audi Field and yeah. you, you, yeah, you score a bunch be, of goals. It's going to be hard fought. It's going right. to be yeah. It's going to be hard fought. So, it's going to be hard fought in much, in much in the same way that Orlando City was a hard fought win. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be a little bit easier because the, I guess the stress. Or, or the, the, the want to from Atlanta United players yeah. is going to be less in the sense that, okay, we're supposed to come in and win this Joseph game. broke the record. Let's, we're let's not in Orlando. We yeah. pushed through that exactly. stuff. Yeah. So well, I think it's going to be a much looser uh, game. I think we're hey, going to see much more moments. What are you guys doing tomorrow? <laughs> Working. Because I'm going to be drinking and also going to the Atlanta United 2 match. What are you guys doing? I'm going to be going to the LA and I had two matches. <gasps> you are? That's because Home Before Dark fam, Saturday, or if you listen to this today, uh, uh, first thing on, uh, yeah, uh, we're playing Indy 11 at 7 p.m. 
I'll try. Give us a shout. Let us know if you're going. I'll and try. We got a crew that we're rolling up there, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Tailgating. I'll marching. join you guys. Yes, yes you should. And uh, also, you can check out Elaine and I at 2 on ESPN Plus as they travel to play Toronto FC 2 on Friday, August 31st at 8 p.m. Don't miss it. Guys, there are a lot of player appearances coming there up. Are, there uh, are. Romario Williams made an appearance today. Well, he's making an appearance on Tuesday, August 28th at Sam's Club. Same with uh, Andrew Carlton, who will be at La Peria on Dallas Highway yep. uh, at around 6 to 7. And then oh, Brad wait, wait. will be. Who's going to La Parisha? Andrew Carlton. Andrew Carlton. 6 to 7 p.m. on Tuesday. Yeah. Can I say it's a bad choice? I don't uh, know anything about it. What do you mean it's a bad choice? How's that bad choice? La Parisha on Beaufort Highway. Okay, maybe he likes La Parisha on Rupert Highway, okay? And by the way, it's not on Rupert Highway, it's on Dallas Highway, bro. So. Oh, Dallas Highway? Dallas, yeah. Dallas Highway. Highway. Marietta. Andrew Carlton? Forget, forget right, it. There's right, a lot right. of La Parias. Yeah. Forget what I said. Yeah. And then, this um, is Atlanta, bro. There's like Brad, 20 La Parias. I'm like six beers in. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, let's do this. So, on if the it were Beaufort Highway. Yeah. Oh my God. Different highway is the Orlando of highways. Uh, so on the same day, Brad Guzan <laughs> on Tuesday will be at the uh, Marriott Marquis uh, in uh, Peter Center. You know where that is. You know where you the know Marquis is. is. Ollie, oh, got, go yeah, ahead. No, we got Ollie Shannon, John Gallagher, and Jeff Lerwinowitz coming up the same week. Yep. Uh, Ollie and John on Wednesday, Jeff on Thursday. A bunch of stuff. We'll we'll we'll, we'll tweet out the link. It's no, we're not. Of, we're not going to tweet it, but you can find it at atlutd.com slash player-appearances. Uh, we believe in you. Uh, it's got all of them there. But, guys, this is the the, the schedule ends uh, for these player appearances on August 30th. Yeah. Uh, there are literally three on Tuesday, two on Wednesday, and, like, five on Thursday, uh, including LGP at Stats. So do not miss that. That's a must go tell him congratulations. It's going to be a baby shower. Bring your it's shit. Bring all the shit. Give the baby shit. We need more goals. Oh, I think we I I need a crib. They need some baby bibs. They need some baby formula. They need all the stuff that a baby would need. All at Lane United Colors. Because they have no idea what they're doing. Hey, guys, guys I have a bunch of baby stuff I can offload. I can load Boom. my yes, car. We're going to take it down. And if you're like Nick, let's do it. Bring some stickers. They can stick it on her head. It'll be good. They stick her up. All right, so coming up. Sunday on September 2nd at 5.30, which is the DC United game we've got where they're playing at Audiville. We are going to be with the Suburban Ultras at Pizzeria Azuri in Cumming, Georgia. So please come out and join us September 2nd at 5.30. Going to be a fun one Saturday on Ooh. September 15th at 3.30 p.m. for the Colorado match. Uh, we will be with 78 hooligans. I hope there's 78 there because I'll be I disappointed really yeah, no. if there's only 77. There's at Fabiano's Pizzeria in in Douglasville, we are going all over, all over Atlanta. Yeah. Guys, That that's going to be like our 14th or 15th different location or, or you know, travel location but that we've done what? this year. But you know what? We're going to be in studio, a.k.a. Hudson Grill, uh, on Wednesday. Most likely. Most it's a likely. late game. It's a late game. We'll have to work it out. It's a Wednesday. Oh, that's 1030. Yeah. yeah. So That'll be a, we'll it, figure it out. If not, we may be in studio the next day. But either yes. way, we're going to take a break. Yes. <laughs> Refresh. 
and, no then, uh, and then we'll come back with some more travel no break shows. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Guys, we want to thank our sponsors, DW Photography, for giving us all the images that we use for capturing this shit and all the other ones. Dave Williamson, uh, he is a photographer for Atlanta Silverbacks and soccer in the streets. And he gives us wonderful, wonderful photos that we share with you and do awesome memes with. So, DaveWilliamsonPhotography.com, go check it out. Yeah, and same with Don the Mark Agency. So, Mock the Agency is a creative advertising, graphic design, and digital studio on 14th Street. You know, if anybody needs uh, branding, packaging, graphic design, or website work, do they're the shop for you. I mean, creativity is their speciality. Do By the way, Kelly Francis reads like go an expert them. on tequila. Go That's amazing. Know, I'm marveling at this right you now. Give her, you give her shit while she's reading like a glass of wine? Forget yeah. about it. Four right words it. in, tequila, game over. Tequila, I am on point. I I'm, like to I'm say, very impressed with this. I remember four shots deep, bro. Of mouths of the South. Mouths I'm of the drunker South. than Kelly Francis right now. <laughs> <laughs> We are we are I infecting got two beers and, and four shots of tequila. And that is something. We're infecting Eric Katana. <laughs> I've done a lot more than He's you. Coming unrelegated. <laughs> this is fantastic. We wanted to give a huge shout out to Unleashed. Uh, and by the way, J Rock, happy birthday yet again. Yes. Congratulations. Happy he is a veteran. So thank you for your service, uh, J-Rock. And Nick, Amen. thank you for your service. Yes. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Uh, please you review so us on Unrel. Uh, yes. uh, go check us out on iTunes and give us a review. We love to read your reviews. I love tongue twisters. Give me all the tongue yeah. twisters. And next give time we'll feed her tequila. That's she not may a make sexual it through. reference, guys. She loves I just the tongue want... twisters. We may make it all the way through if we give her tequila before she reads them. All uh, the tongue oh twisters. Gosh. You can find us at Unrel ATL on all the social media. Nick, where can they find you? You can find me at Nick Leafy, that last name is A-L-I-F-F-I on Twitter, or at Sock, S-O-C, over there on Twitter. Soccer over there, check it out on the Soccer Down Here Network. Eric? Mr. Eric Katana, where can they find you? M-O-T-S Podcast, at M-O-T-S Podcast. You can email us at M-O-T-S Podcast at gmail.com. You can find me personally at Eric Quintana 47 at gmail.com, at Eric Quintana 47. And no, Twitter, at Twitter, at Twitter, Eric. bro, Twitter. Look. We don't need your AOL instant messenger <laughs> yeah. fucking name, bro. I told you. Look, I told you it's been a lot of drinks. What's your Twitter, Twitter handle? Eric G. Quintana. And where can they, find, where can they find Miles of South on the radio what time? 106 point, uh, no, 103. One hundred six point three FM. Numbers are hard. Uh, Twelve thirty AM. The Sports X. Let's go. Yes. Where can they find We are the radio. Go check it out. You can find me at J A Y underscore Riddle. You can find Kelly at the Kelly Francis on oh, all the social media while they're yelling. And so you can, that's on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. And you can find Unleashed at ATL UTD underscore Unleashed on Instagram and Unleashed FYM on Twitter. Yeah. Happy birthday, J Rock. Happy birthday, J Rock. We really out here. Fuck you, me. Thanks, brother. We appreciate you guys. Much hey, love. everyone. Uh, if you believe in love and life and happiness, you will agree with me when I say, oh, fuck you, Orlando. Oh, fuck you, Orlando. Oh, fuck you, Orlando. Twisted tongue speaks all the fears you hide.
Everybody's best friend is the poison pen But you can't touch me While you sit at home, then attacks alone You try to phase me But I get stronger every day My power's made by your hate My fight is one who needs a gun Yeah.